hello and welcome back to Real Big Mistakes, where we look at the critics' uh, opinions of movies and reassess if they made the right call or not. I am Jason Konigsberg of PanandSlam.com. And I am Rich Tola, not of PanandSlam.com. Well, you're certainly a contributor. Your name is all over the website with every single one of these that we do. So That's uh, true. All right. well, in your, a way, your, your name is on there more than most other names besides yes. mine, I will okay. say I'm that. Also, I'm also not of richtola.com. Uh, if you go to that website, it's apparently some yoga instructor that lives in L.A., so also okay. not me. Also not this Rich Tola, but uh, yoga, that can't hurt. Everyone should be doing a little yoga every now and then, stay in shape uh, <laughs> during quarantine. Nothing wrong with that. So uh, giving that other Rich Tola a small plug there. But now, <laughs> last week, Rich, we d- discussed, we did Indiana Jones 4, and we you know came to the conclusion that the crit- critics were wrong and that that was a bad movie. Now, before we get into anything with this week's movie, which I picked as Predator 2, and I picked this right when you said you were going to do Indiana Jones 4, did you figure out why I picked this and how it ties in with Indy 4, why I picked this movie? Um, unless I'm wrong, I, the whole movie I was trying to figure out why and what way this relates to Indiana Jones 4. Okay. Um, and then the ending, I'm assuming, is the link. I mean, that the ending of... Predator 2 is very similar to the ending of Indiana Jones 4. Is that what you're talking about? You assumed correctly. And when we get to talking about the endings, I we can explain more. But yes, that is... When I saw Indiana Jones 4 in the theater, and the ending took place, where you know what scene I'm talking about, I literally... Okay, we talked about both of our experiences of seeing Indiana Jones 4 in the theater. I turned to my friend and I said... They're ripping off Predator 2. <laughs> I I was just, you know, completely, you know, I don't know what to, not blown away, but just like, wow, this, this is, is this what is Indiana this... Jones and Steven Spielberg have been reduced to. Okay, yeah. this is what they've and, been and reduced we'll, to. Yeah, ripping we'll... off a, a, a poorly received uh, uh, sequel to a violent action Arnold Schwarzenegger movie. Yeah, and we'll talk more about that when we get to the end of, of okay. this movie. Um, but was this the same friend that uh, said that uh, uh, some uh, Steven Spielberg was pissing on his childhood, spitting on his childhood? Spitting. Yes, and it was that was and had that moment came when Shia LaBeouf was swinging from the trees, which was the scene that I think we both agreed was the worst scene in the movie. Uh, uh, so out of wh- everything, what did he that. say when you said he's ripping? They're ripping off Predator Two. I'm not sure if he has even seen Predator 2, okay. so I'm not sure if that really resonated with him. Uh, okay. he, it didn't, but I do have another funny story about this movie with a friend where this was years ago in high school. Um, <laughs> we were having a argument or a debate, and I'm still, you know, dear friends with this person today. And we were having some sort of a heated discussion, and I called him a racist. And he said to me, his argument back to me after that was, how can I be racist? I like Predator 2 better than Predator 1. Danny Glover's the lead, not Arnold Schwarzenegger. How can I be racist? And <laughs> I I don't remember what we were arguing about or if he really was racist or if I was kidding around in that moment, uh, but I could not stop laughing for the next five or ten minutes because oh that was his God. comeback. So that happened, and... Uh, but and that has nothing to do with the movie or our opinion of the movie. But uh, do you want to get into... I think we should talk about the original Predator first. What do you think? 
Uh, sure. So I have only seen the original Predator once. Um, I rem- and it was fairly recently, and by recently I mean within the last ten years. So it wasn't like I was okay you know, a right. child, but um, you know, I was an adult when I saw mm-hmm. it. So um, I remember liking it, and I remember thinking it was really good, and 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 you know, really enjoying it. I don't remember any specifics. I know obviously it was set in the jungle. I couldn't tell you which jungle. Um, yeah. I know that somewhere it, in South America, somewhere South in America, Central or okay. South America, they're a little vague. They're not very specific. Uh, okay, where, where yeah, and I, yeah. I remember you know who was in it, and most notably you know are obviously Arnold, Carl Weathers, Jesse Ventura. I don't remember anyone after that. You, you just I, named two governors. Okay, yes. two a governor of a former governor of California and a former governor of Minnesota. Who would have ever thought the original Predator from 1987 uh, would have starred two future governors, bodybuilding governors, nonetheless? a professional wrestler and a former professional bodybuilder both turned actors right um, um so. yeah but uh I, I do remember liking him and thinking it was a good movie i remember about the predator itself the, the predator in that movie does have its mask off for a brief amount of time at, yes at the end at the when end. they have the showdown because a lot of 80s action movies end with that mono a mono hand-to-hand combat showdown and so predator was a movie of its time and like lethal weapon which i think came out the same year you know they're not going to just arrest the bad guy they're going to have that fight on the lawn in the rain between mel gibson and uh, uh gary mm-hmm. Busey. well they had in this they had the predator took his mask off took his guns off and everything and he was going to go hand to hand against arnold schwarzenegger and uh it was an impressive fi- uh final fight and an impressive showdown i mean yeah and uh, i remember the predator could be invisible and i remembered the predator before seeing this movie obviously i remember the predator could be invisible and i remember the predator saw people by body heat because i remember that scene mm-hmm. very vividly where arnold covers himself in the mud Mm, uh, yes, so that was how he had managed seen. to yeah, avoid getting yeah. caught in, in one uh, particular moment near the yeah. end. Yeah. Uh, so your, your memories of the Predator are very different. The original Predator are very different than mine. For me, the original Predator is a movie I grew up with. I feel like I saw it at a young age, uh, maybe about 10 or, I don't know, so something like that. And I absolutely loved it as a kid. And I love it as an adult. It's a movie I watch... Every couple of years, it's one of the greatest, most testosterone-filled 80s action movies of all time. Uh, It's so much fun, so entertaining, so visually impressive with the jungle locations. I praised that on a previous podcast, you know, for making it look different and exotic and tropical with Island of Dr. Moreau. I think they did it even better with the original Predator. It's a Vietnam allegory, and it introduced a great movie monster. The Predator is, in my opinion, one of the greatest movie monsters of recent years or more you know more modern era of cinema and it's also one of arnold's best uh movies and that's saying a lot uh especially during this time period and all of that being said about the original predator it's a very hard film to follow up um and so that's where predator 2 had a you know very difficult task of doing that so in the in the original predator is there any explanation as to the predator's backstory yes he is a hunter from another world, they show his a spaceship go by at the op- in the beginning, and a small ship come out, kind of like Star Wars, the little okay, the little ship coming out of the big ship, and he's there to hunt man. Okay, okay. it's he's so, a big so game you know hunter. It's not for survival; it's just beginning. for fun. Yes, because the opening shot is in outer space in Predator, and it shows a ship go by. Yeah, so I guess okay, I don't remember, remember that. that. I don't remember that okay. part. 
Yeah, and then that's it for as far as sci-fi goes. Because then so the you, rest just of the know, movie you just is know you just know he's an alien, but you don't. You know, know he's else. from a spaceship. Yeah, from right. outer space. Yeah. So okay. All right. All right. So um, Predator Two came out in 1990. Is that correct? That is correct. Th- yes. Three years after Predator. Yes, three years after. But Predator. But set Predator. in 1997. But it's set ten years after the events of the original Predator. Okay. Yes. And I have my own theories for why I think I did that, and we could get to that later. But Yeah, we'll get to that soon. I like um, that it they took time with this sequel, because, I mean, Predator was a big hit, you know, and they could have followed it up and done Predator 2 right afterwards, but instead they waited, and, uh, you know, in some ways they waited a little too long, because John McTiernan did not want to return. He was, and I guess it's a good thing, because he was busy giving us Die Hard, was his follow-up to Predator in 1988. And then he did Hunt for Red October in 1990, one of the great submarine movies of all time with Sean Connery and Alec Baldwin mm-hmm. in the first the first uh, movie adaptation of a Tom Clancy novel. So that's a landmark film right there. Uh, so he was busy doing that. And, of course, Arnold Schwarzenegger turned it down as well. Uh, but also for good reasons. Uh, 1990, if you look at the career of Arnold Schwarzenegger, that was a banner year for him. Uh, do you know what movies he had that came out in 1990? Uh, the only one I can think of off the top of my head, and I don't know if it was 90, but it was probably right around there, Kindergarten Cop. Kindergarten Cop was November, December of 1990, the fall of 1990 that came out, and uh, a terrific term- movie. Was, was Terminator I'm- 2 90? That was 91, the following okay. summer. Uh, but the summer else. before that, the uh, June or July, the summer before that, another one of his greatest violent, you know, crazy gonzo action movie. Uh, one of my, another one of my favorites, uh, wait, Total wait. Recall. Oh, okay. oh I'm it, sorry. I was okay. Total Recall. <laughs> it is. I love Paul Verhoeven and I love Total Recall. And I think that's one of Arnold's best, as, along with Predator and Terminator 2. And Kindergarten Cop is, you know, an excellent movie uh, in its own right. So I think Arnold, you know, was in the real hot streak there. And, you know, he, he turned down Predator 2 for those two movies. And I, I think everything worked out well for everybody involved with that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, all right. So, 1990, this came out. I don't think we did any of the movies we already did were 1990. So, what? No. Uh, what was the big? Uh, what were the big movies in 1990? Well, I'll name two. I'll name the best picture winner of 1990 was Dances with Wolves. Did you ever okay. see that? Uh, no, not all the way through. No, no, right. it's a very long movie. Yeah. yeah. Um, but also my. Uh, Beyond that, if you look at the Oscar nominees that year, I, you know what? I didn't even check what the other nominees were. I could maybe sit here and think about it. But the other movie worth mentioning from 1990, Rich, I know you're a fan of this movie, and I could talk for hours and hours about this movie. Uh, Martin Scorsese's Goodfellas came out that year. Mm. So, yeah, so Dances with Wolves won Best Picture. But I'm willing to bet if you ask any critic or movie lover what deserved Best Picture of 1990, they will not hesitate and say Goodfellas. Uh, So that was, you know, my favorite movie of that year, one of my absolute favorite movies of all time. And uh, I know you're a huge fan of that as well. Um, So, Yeah, definitely. So um, what year did Predator... I'm sorry, what month did Predator 2 come out? Is that a summer blockbuster? It was not. It came out in November. Really? So... Yeah, and I believe it lost at the box office to Home Alone. 
Oh, Home Alone. So, oh, there you go. Another big movie from 19. There you go. Another Joe Pesci movie. Yeah, Goodfellas and Home Alone. He had a great year. That's a big <laughs> that year, year for Joe Pesci. That was. That's the best year of I his career, not, probably. He won an Oscar know, yeah, and yeah. had the biggest hit of his career money-wise. So, I didn't yeah. remember that uh, Home Alone came out in 90, the first I'm one. I'm pretty sure it was 1990. I, okay. I, yeah. So, I, you know what? Yeah, it definitely was because I think that added to Joe Pesci's you know, winning the Oscar because Home Alone, it wasn't like it was just big for a week or a month. That movie was number one at the box office for a long time. So that was still fresh in a lot of Oscar voters' minds. So I think a lot of Oscar voters, they saw Joe Pesci and Goodfellas and they all laughed and liked him in Home Alone. So he showed versatility. And I guess that added to, you know, one of the reasons he won uh, for Goodfellas. So. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's a that was a big one. I remember seeing Home Alone in the theater with my dad, and I remember we saw it at this mall where I grew up, which never, you know, you, you, you could count on one hand how many people were in the theater at one time for a movie. And for Home Alone, I remember the line being, like, out of the theater into the hallway of the mall. Like, it was crazy. Wow, okay. Um, yeah. yeah, so I remember that being a big deal. Um, yeah, so 1990, I, I'm surprised this came out in November. This doesn't seem like a November release. Yeah, I mean, I guess, I don't know what the summer movies were that year. I named one Total Recall. Um, I'd have to go back and check, like, you know, well, Box and, Office Mojo or something. Yeah. I mean, this seems like a summer movie. I mean, it took place in the summer. Like it, summer Well, I don't know if it took movie. place in the summer, but it definitely, you felt the heat. Because well, I think one hot. of the things I mean, about yeah, this movie, LA, yeah, one of the hot, things though. about this movie is it establishes that global warming is taking over. Uh, so that's uh, something that they tried to build upon because it's the future of 1997, even though obviously now that's the past to us. So it's always right. a tricky thing when movies try to do that. Um, are you familiar? One thing I want to mention: Are you familiar with any of this director's work other than Predator Two? The no, director, I, I've Hopkins. never even heard of him. Yeah, okay, so, I mean, he did Nightmare on Elm Street 5, The Dream Child, which Hor- I actually like. Horrible. Oh, I like <laughs> that one. The only Nightmare on Elm Street... Oh, there's a couple Nightmare on Elm Streets that I don't like, but I enjoyed that one, especially uh, coming with Freddy's Dead number 6. I think that is by far the worst Nightmare on Elm Street uh, movie. Uh, yeah, um, you so. may be right about that, but 5 is... Definitely oh, I liked Five with the Dream Child. Okay, well, he there's did a, that. There's a baby, and, right? Isn't that the one where it's like a baby yeah, Freddy Krueger? Yeah, it's, it's Freddy's fun. kid. Yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> but whatever. It's, it's not a great movie per se, but it's a. I, I enjoy it. And I did rewatch it as an adult fairly recently, and I and still enjoyed it. And that was prior to this? That was, he did such a good job on that movie, or the producer, Joel Silver, thought he did such a good job, they gave him the budget to, you know, to do Predator 2, after John McTiernan turned it down. So, yeah, so that was kind of like his first big movie, I think, and then he did Predator 2. Then he followed that up with three other movies that I really enjoy that could maybe be discussed on this podcast. I'm not sure what their Rotten Tomatoes scores are. Judgment Night, Blown Away... And we mentioned when we talked about Val Kilmer in a previous episode, Ghost in the Darkness. Uh, yeah, yeah, we did talk about Ghost in the Darkness. I never saw any of those movies. I, I've heard of, definitely heard of Ghost in the Darkness. What's Blown Away? It sounds Blown familiar. Away is uh, it was a Mad Bomber movie, summer of nineteen ninety four. Jeff Bridges is the it's in Boston. He's the main character. He's the cop, and Tommy Lee Jones is like a psychotic IRA terrorist. Yeah, that, that kind of sounds familiar. Um, yeah. the, the and it was a big deal because it was Tommy Lee Jones's, uh, I think it was his first big movie after he won the Oscar the previous year for uh, The Fugitive. So, okay. uh, 
He was yeah, in a bit of a that, career. That hot sounds familiar. There. The first one yeah. you mentioned does not. Judgment Night. Oh, well, when I tell you the cast, you'll be like, oh, my God. Uh, The cast, it's quite a it's a smaller budget, you know, fun, urban action movie. Uh, It's got Emilio Estevez, Cuba Gooding Jr., uh, Dennis Leary, Stephen Dorff, Jeremy Piven. And they're trying to go to a boxing fight or something. They have tickets to it and they get lost in the ghetto of, I think it's Chicago. I could be wrong. And they see a murder and the criminals are coming after them. And it's, it's a better than average thriller. And it has a, it's pretty famous for its soundtrack, which had rap and rock combined in a lot of tracks. So. Is it a thriller or a comedy or both? Oh, it's definitely a thriller. Yeah. Cause I mentioned Dennis Leary. So he, you know, he, he could be funny, but no, he's actually the villain in this. He's, uh, and Jeremy he's, Piven too. And Jer- well, who Jeremy Piven before he was like all of those guys would end up becoming bigger stars later. The the big name in that movie was Emilio Estevez, and I would say five years after that movie was released, he was maybe the only one that wasn't headlining movies at that point. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, so. I think he's a good underrated director. I enjoy you know, some of his films. He's uh, Stephen Hopkins is responsible for the TV show uh, Twenty Four. I believe he was the showrunner for that. Oh, okay. So, so yeah. he's going. So he's he's had a decent career. Then I've never heard of him, and I like I said, okay. haven't heard of a lot of those movies. But okay. uh, good to know that you know he wasn't just you know just used for this movie and never again. So yeah. All right. Um, so yeah, I don't know the director at all. Uh, the cast. So uh, obviously, Danny Glover. Probably this probably came after Lethal Weapon One and Two. Is that right? Uh, yes, I believe so. Yeah, yeah, okay. it was after that. Yeah. Uh, so. Gary Busey um, is in this as well. This had to be right after his motorcycle accident or around that. That time. I'm not sure. I don't know exactly his like. I don't either, but I know he. It was around this time okay well this was, was also he was in lethal weapon as well he was the villain he was mr yeah. joshua in that so um i'm not sure when his motorcycle accident was but he was pretty popular in the late 80s early 90s and uh i would say lethal weapon predator 2 and to a lesser extent under siege he's kind mm-hmm. of those might be the three maybe not best gary Busey performances but certainly the Gary Buseyest performances of his career, and especially this one, he's kind of crazy and out there, and I love it. I absolutely think he's fantastic. Um, he was in um, the Firm, I believe. Yes, that came um, after this. That was Point after Break. Point yeah. Break. Um, he was in a Buddy Holly movie, but I think that was before yeah. all these. That was way before. Yeah, that was way was before young. his accident. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was. He got an Oscar nomination for it. Um, yeah, yeah. It was called the Buddy Holly story. I actually never saw that, but I heard. I, it was I good, saw so. bits and pieces of it. It was okay. 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 Um, and then he was in much later. I remember he was in um, the follow up to Tommy Boy, uh, Black Sheep. Oh yeah, he was, and yeah, he was, he said he really liked. There was a documentary on Hulu that I watched recently about Chris Farley, and he, you know, he looks like he's in bad shape now, but he said a lot of very nice things about Chris Farley, and he loved making that movie. Even though, let's all face it, Black Sheep is not exactly Tommy Boy. It's not really uh, no, it's, of, much... it's not one of the better Chris Farley movies. And Chris Farley didn't really have a chance to. Have have that many better movies because he uh obviously uh died way too soon so yep uh, um this also stars bill paxton i um, love bill paxton one of my personal favorites and i liked him in this movie only actor to get killed by an alien a predator and the terminator 
Yeah, that's what I uh, that's what I, I I read that as well. Yeah. Um, so. And also, uh, Arnold made him uh, pee himself in True Lies too. So you could add that. Oh, I did not know he really peed himself in. Well, True Lies. not in real life. Oh, but. okay. <laughs> oh, I was taking it for your word. Yes, I know. In the movie, he does. Yeah. yeah that's yeah. Uh, Bill Paxton and Arnold Schwarzenegger. They must have crossed paths a lot, being on the Fox lot. You know. Uh, yeah. He was in Predator One. He was in Predator Two. Well, uh, I guess they had Terminator. that James Cameron connection too. They so. did. Yeah, they both worked a lot with James Cameron. True Lies. They both were in that. Then Bill mm-hmm. Paxton was late in titanic so yeah what terminator um, was he in he was in the first terminator he's one of the oh, punks so there's another james when, cameron connection then. yeah when arnold gets his clothes he gets the clothes i don't know if it's from bill paxton but it's one of the punks with bill paxton yeah, yeah, he yeah, first yeah. arrives okay. naked in la and then he yep. goes over and kills those guys and takes their clothes so yeah um this movie also has um the guy that plays one of the the, the um, killer brothers in Goonies, um, and he was a Bond yes, villain. Yes, it does. Too. What's his name? Yes, Robert Davi. Davi, yeah, yeah. Uh, also in uh, Die Hard. Yes, he was Agent Johnson. Yeah. Yep. Um So yeah, it had, it had this has a good cast of you know supporting actors. There are a bunch of familiar faces of character actors from the late '80s and early '90s. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ruben Blades, uh, Blades was in this. Uh, yeah. He's the he's his partner who uh, gets killed kind of early. Maria Conchita Alonso. Are you familiar with her at all? No. She was in a lot of movies around this time, uh, 80s, early 90s. She was in The Running Man with Arnold Schwarzenegger. She was in a movie called Colors that I really like, very underrated. Uh, oh, yeah, I saw Colors. It has with um, Sean Penn. Sean Penn and um, Robert Duvall. Yes. Okay. Yeah. She was the female lead in that. Okay. The Spanish woman that, yeah, gets, she's kind of romantically involved with Sean Penn at mm-hmm. one point. Yeah. She was a very good actress. Um, and I also recognize Steve Kahan. He's the chief in Lethal Weapon, and he's just one of the cops in this uh, yeah, yeah. movie. Yeah. So. All right. So I'm going to read the, uh, the, the synopsis of this movie real quick. So um, mm-hmm. Los Angeles is enduring a heat wave and a crime wave. So the pressure on police officer Michael Harrigan, played by Danny Glover, to solve a strange string of murders is mounting. Harrigan thinks the culprit can be found among the warring gangs and drug cartels, but FBI Special Agent Peter Keyes, played by Gary Busey, knows the horrible truth. Their killer is a fearsome extraterrestrial, played by Kevin Peter Hall, with keen hunting abilities that include superior night vision and the power to make itself invisible. Um, see, so the Predator actor is the same from the first one, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, and I think he's the only actor, very unusual for a sequel, especially back then, to have none of the cast from the original return for the second. Bit of a red so, flag, isn't it? You would think so. Yeah, it seemed like it had everything going against it. Arnold said he turned it down because he hated the script. Um, and John McTiernan turned it down because he was busy doing Die Hard and uh, Hunt for Red October. So he had other things. He did his, uh, he was kind of, you know, moving up, okay, mm-hmm. working, you know, a little bit higher budgeted uh, than just, you know, an alien monster movie uh, kind of thing. Which, let's face it, Predator and Predator 2, these are B movies. They might have A budgets, you know, big budgets, but they're B movies. And he was moving up a little bit. And so was Arnold at that time. Uh, so, yeah, it does look like a bad sign. The only uh, actor, 
or actress, that you see her face is the woman who survived the original Predator. You see her face on a TV screen when Gary Busey's yeah. explaining some exposition to Danny Glover. Other And they mention Dutch. They mention Arnold's character and what happened to him in the jungle, t- they say, 10 years ago uh, in 1987. But other than that, there's no Did they actors. mention his character? Was that the, yes, at the same do. time? Uh-huh, yep. When, huh. when Gary Busey's explaining everything to Danny Glover uh, in that van or whatever. Okay, yeah. You know, that, yeah, that scene. So they do mention Dutch, and uh, that was Arnold's character from that, so. Yeah, I feel like there's two reasons, especially in the 80s and 90s, why, uh, why the original cast, assuming they were alive at the end of the first film, uh, wouldn't return to the second film, including the director and the writers and everyone else involved in it. Either a, they don't want to be a part of a second film because they don't, you know, they hold the first film in such high regard. So they don't want Mm -hmm. to, uh, you know, they just want to be one and done with it and, and not have their name attached to to another one. Or they see that, or they feel that the movie is not going to be good. Do you, I mean, can you think of another reason why cast and and crew wouldn't want to be in it? I mean, well, the only people they could have brought back, I think Arnold and one other person survive. Right. And part of it is the the woman. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, So they, they couldn't, you know, you're not going to bring back the other one and say, Hey, I'm Jesse Ventura's brother or I'm Carl Weathers. You know, they're not going to do that. Um, so I, I mean, Arnold was really the main one. Okay. A predator movie without Arnold is kind of a risky endeavor. Right. Uh, but I think this movie decided to reinvent itself and it, it, other than the predator itself, there's really not much to compare in this movie, story-wise, plot-wise, action-wise, to the first film. And I think that's there's good things about that and there's bad things about that. So I think it was a, just a totally different you know, movie that could stand on its own. And mm-hmm. that's what they tried to do. And that's one of the things that I really like about it. Uh, yeah, it could definitely stand on its own. I don't, like I said, I, I had seen the first Predator, but I didn't need to see anything to know what was going on in this movie. Um right. All right, so let's get into the movie. So the movie opens, and with a bit of a fake out, it looks like it's going to be a jungle, and then you yep. know you see woods, and then it pans up to the L.A. skyline, yep. um, and then it says L.A. 1997, and there's a, a gunfight in the middle of the street, and was this this was before all the riots and everything? I mean, I know L.A. has a history. It of riots, was around but... that time, yeah, okay. around the time of Rodney King. So I'm not sure exactly the timeline of when that happened, but you know what? Rodney King, he was a famous incident, but he wasn't an isolated incident. No, no, I know that the movie Colors. Okay, Colors was 1980, around the same time as this. So, I mean, there were riots, there was problems, there was, you know, things like that in L.A. But I'm glad you mentioned, once again, the opening shot. I always, you know, will mention that in my reviews or anything. And the fake out, you think it's the jungle, but then the camera pans up. It's a concrete jungle of L.A. 1997, near future, 10 years after the movie. And then it throws you right into the action. And I love that. Uh, It's silly. It's ultra-violent. Right away, you know you just see gunshots and it's noisy and loud and crazy. And you're just thrown into this gang warfare it's like you're thrown into a a battle Iwo Jima or something like that Um, and I do think it's a social commentary on gang warfare I do think this movie you know it has themes it has it's trying to say something about the race riots maybe in the wake of Rodney King or other issues that the, the city was facing at that time 
corrupt media outlets with hardcore instead of hard copy, very of its time. And it's definitely saying something about global warming as well by putting it in 1997 right away and throughout this whole movie, even in the night scenes. You can feel the heat from the first moments of this film, and it never lets up. The character's always sweaty, they're always, you know, they look hot, they look tired, and just, bam, throws us into that gun battle uh, between the police and the warring drug cartels. The first ten minutes are absolutely relentless, and it pulls you right in. <laughs> High body count, hyper, violent, kinetic style, it makes it memorable, and I just, you know, right from the first ten minutes, I am completely into this world. So the Rodney King race riots were in 1992. So this is actually before that. Um, okay, all right. But when did Rodney King get beat? That might have happened. Well, whatever. They're not gonna. The movie came out in 1990, so they're not gonna, you know, change. It, it, it probably didn't yeah. influence this. Yeah, it probably didn't influence this at all. Um. So, um, going back a little bit, why did they ever mention global warming in here? Or where did you get that from? Because I didn't pick up on global warming at all. I, I just assumed, I mean, it's L.A. and it's hot. I mean, I didn't... I picked up that because it was always hot and constantly hot. And they, uh, the, the well, Gary Busey delivering one of his great <laughs> Gary Busey lines in this movie. Uh, there's two of them that I wrote down that I absolutely wanted to mention. But uh, his exposition when he's talking to Danny Glover... His line delivery of how the Predator is drawn by heat and conflict. So mm -hmm. it's creating a world that's hot, okay? It's always mm -hmm. hot in this L.A., all right? Whether it's November, whether it's July, I, I don't know exactly when it is, but this world is hot. This world looks like we're, you know, it's going to, the people are going to melt yeah. and conflict because we're thrown into the conflict right away, and this is more violent than any urban setting, you know, it's, it's violence to the extreme. This movie was almost slapped with an NC-17 rating. They had to make a few cuts uh, to get the R. Because it's ultra, ultra violent. And I like that style. I like that in your face, you know. The way Total Recall has that feeling about it as well. So Okay. Um, yeah, so then, yeah. I mean, that first scene, to me, I mean, I thought it was a bit much. Um, all the, the gunfighting and the back and forth. Um, but again, maybe that's just me being naive, thinking like that this would never happen. But... Maybe oh, and it, it probably wouldn't. It's I don't think. <laughs> once again, I don't, it's a predator movie. It's not colors. It's not boys right. in the hood. It's not. Uh, well, I don't know. Yeah. so so other. Why is this movie set ten years after? Like, what, I, I couldn't. I was trying to figure out like what. Why does this have to be nineteen ninety seven? Why can't it be nineteen ninety? Number one. Number I two, think they wanted. Okay, go on. Yeah. yeah number two is other than the, them stating it was nineteen ninety seven. There was no other. There's no other reason I could think of that, you know, they don't make mention to anything being futuristic. Like, they don't drive, like, different cars. In fact, all the cars... No, the guns might have sights on them. Did the guns have some yeah, sights the that guns were a little like bit more laser-looking, laser a little bit more even, common than... That, that they were around back then, the too, though. I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, I think they did that to... What I like about this movie also is Predator 2... It doesn't waste any time getting the audience up to speed with the action. And I think they do a good job with world building. 
Okay, so they're trying to create this world. They're saying, all right, we're not in the jungle. We're in a different kind of jungle. We're in a concrete jungle. This right. hyper-violent, you know, yes, there's, it's sci-fi, so it's not meant to be taken as literally. And so I think by making it 10 years after the first one gave them just a little bit more artistic freedom. And that's where I tie in the uh, global warming. I do think that they're saying something about the Earth is, you know, we're, we're destroying... Our climate and it's getting warmer. That's how I interpreted it. Um, I don't have any research or facts to back that up, but that's just how I. Uh, I was just that. making sure I didn't miss something in the movie where that was stated or, or at least alluded to. Um, I mean, it makes sense that you could interpret it that way. I just, I was just making sure I, it wasn't something that was put out there. Yeah, no, I don't think they don't mention like who the president is or anything no, like that. Because it would have been President Clinton, but Clinton doesn't become president until '92. So they're they're just sort of you know establishing yeah. this you know, drug violent drug wars between they, the Colombians and the Jamaicans and the cartels and the voodoo and yeah, they're, they they've you know taken the news headlines from 1990. And dialed them up to 11 and made them way more, you know, everything's more extreme seven years in the future. Okay. Yeah. And they don't really discuss politics at all other than I think no. they mention the mayor a few times as staying at his beach house in Tahoe. Yeah. They mention Tahoe. a little bit about illegal immigrants, don't they? A little bit because the, the drug lords, the Colombians, the uh, the female cop character, uh, Maria Conchita Alonso, they, they mention some things about her being illegal or whatever, an illegal alien or something okay. like that. So uh, it's, it's there. I don't think this is a, you know, uh, maybe it's not trying to be a commentary on immigration, but I definitely think it was trying to say something about gang violence. Uh, something about you know uh, the media with the Morton Downey Jr. character uh, who was a talk show host in the 80s and 90s uh, spoofing his own image as a oh is that the hardcore reporter yes guy. yeah that was Morton Downey Jr. yeah I remember him from when I was a kid because he showed up at uh, one of the WrestleManias I didn't know who he was but he was smoking in Roddy Piper's face and then Roddy Piper uh, puts a fire extinguisher right in his face and he's like runs out of the ring he, so he, that's how first... I knew who Morton Downey Jr. Was. At first, I thought that was the uh, the drill sergeant from um, uh, Full Metal Jacket. No, um, it's not Arlie Ermey. Although he yeah. could have possibly eh, Arlie Ermey like made a career out of again. playing that character. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah. Um, okay. So um, and he was in Fletch Lives as well, which I feel like maybe a movie that we may be discussing someday. If you, I like Fletch Lives. I, I know yeah, you did. I, I didn't. So that's why I thought. Well, maybe. it's we'll it's see. a it's a possibility. I haven't thought. Well, you're picking the next one, so yeah. Um, um, yeah. All right. So uh, yeah. So you know, obviously a very. I mean, you're right. This movie throws you right in. I mean, there's literally yes. there's no exposition in the beginning. You know, you're in the middle of a gunfight. Next thing you know, a predator shows up and everyone's dead. Um, pretty much just like that. Um, yeah. I did like the how when the guy came, the guy with the Uzis came out after the predator. I guess killed all his buddies. Um, he came out and and you know, Danny Glover was pointing the gun at him. You know, on the he, rooftop. You're yeah. talking about the scene, the drug lord on the rooftop. Yeah. Yep. I think he was and, the boss of the Colombians or something. Yeah. Yeah. And then he uh, he didn't you know, you know even care that Danny Glover had the gun pointed at him. I thought yeah. that was, I thought that was a good reveal of the Predator. I agree. Well, you see the heat vision. You see him moving in. You see well, he's, you see I that think, in the very beginning. Yeah, you see, you that, see that, but you don't actually see the starts. special effect of him as the yeah. invisible, you know, with his invisible cloak uh, on there. So, yeah, yeah, you see the heat vision before you see 
anything. I think like they, that that's just thrown right in the movie, and you don't even know. Like if if I didn't know any better, I would think like what the hell is going on, you know? Like yeah. Um, how was the predator introduced in the first one? Because I honestly don't remember. Um, well, besides the spaceship, but the actual physical predator, you see him in parts. You see, like, you'll see, you do see him invisible first. Okay. Then you see him, because he gets wounded. If it bleeds, we can kill it. I think it's something Arnold Schwarzenegger says. uh, Because he has that green, like, you know, like that neon green blood. Is it the same kind of blood that this one has? Yes. Yeah, yeah, it's the same kind of It looks like, have you ever killed a firefly? Like that's what it looks like. like uh, I was thinking. Remember those neon glow sticks that you would like yeah, crack, and then it also it looks, looks like, like that. that. Yeah, yeah, that's what it looks like. Um, but uh, yeah, so you see a hand. You see, because then he t- he you know he's wounded, and he you know cleans himself, fixes his wound at one point in the earlier Predator. So you see like small things. You might see the hair. You might see you know a, a leg. Are you, are you introduced to the to the the heat imagery like you were in this one prior to yes. seeing him? Yes, yes, okay. yes. You are. Yeah. So you yeah. know that these he's people following. Are- them he's listening to them yeah, so you know so. those people are being hunted kind of like you know these people are being hunted correct yeah the opening shots i think you see that you know the the uv light image and you know okay so that's the predator looking at Los okay Angeles. so it's that's very the predators well yeah in this movie definitely but i meant yeah. in the first movie is also introduced before you see the predator yes like, okay. yes yeah you and you see you even see like his hand when he holds his hand up to his face so okay. you get like glimpses of the predator glimpses. like that you don't actually see the full predator until yeah, like a big le- a little bit more towards the end, at least well into the second hour, I think. But okay. um, you know, I, I really was yeah, it's a little bit much, but I mean, it's also Predator Two, so they've got to do something to pull you in. They've got to do something to get you to just jolt you, and that opening scene wastes no time. Um, well, that's and and that's one of the the issues I have with this movie is uh, you know it suffers from like most sequels, it suffers from sequelitis. You know, we have to be bigger and better. You know, bigger isn't always better, but they always. But look at what they were. Look at why they had to be bigger and better. They're missing Arnold, the biggest action star in the world. They're missing the jungle location, so they had to create a different world. And I I agree. I'm not. I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm just saying that's one of the issues I have with this movie. And and we we'll keep going and and we'll talk more about it. um, Yeah, because I I give this movie credit because how it. It works. I do think that Predator 2 doesn't waste time, but it does take its time after when you actually finally, you know, catch a breath. I'm thinking of another movie that I know you did not like that I loved, Mad Max Fury Road. Boom, it throws you right in, and then you're in that chase, and then finally it settles down, and they develop the characters, and you're like, oh, wow, there's, you know, there's more to it than this. So maybe that, think- that says something about me then as a, as a fan, because I tend to like the movies that, set it up more and explain more and okay. then well this movie explains it later Mad Max ex- it, Fury Road explains things later right exactly but the, by that point I, I feel like I'm already lost by that point you're lost so the first 10 minutes is just like a, what am I seeing I mean this takes its time setting up the Colombian and Jamaican warlords and drug gangs and their feud we don't quite get that right away but obviously in later scenes as well as it establishes the police officers their jobs and their distinctive personalities all the supporting actors we named, 
it's not like they could have just thrown anyone in there. I think they all did a good job with their limited screen time creating distinctive personalities. Okay, even if just the woman grabbing Bill Paxton by the crotch, she had a personality. She, you know, that said how she is. She's tough as nails and she's not going to put up with any guy's crap just because she's a woman. So they might not be as memorable as Arnold and his team of commandos in the jungle, but they're all unique. They all have quirky characteristics. This movie, I give it a lot of credit for building a world. World. Okay, building a surreal, non-existent 1997 not just assumes we're going to accept the reality they give us, they develop it. And mm-hmm. it creates its own slightly gonzo, unique, bizarre reality. And you either buy that reality, like I did, or like I did in Mad Max, like I do in other sci-fi movies, action movies, or you don't. So that's what yeah, I think. Yeah, and, and honestly, like, I, this was a reality that is, was easy for me to. You know, I don't like dystopian movies and, you know, stuff yes, like that. I've tried for our, or for our listeners, I've tried for years to get Rich to watch one of my favorite movies, Blade Runner, and he has uh, resisted uh, for, for quite some time. And he loves yeah. Harrison Ford. He's always, uh, we'll talk, and he'll always say Harrison Ford's one of his favorite actors, but. Uh, Blade Runner is better than Indiana Jones 4, I assure you that, Rich. You know what? And it probably is. It's just, again, <laughs> it's like getting me to, to pull off that Band-Aid. But, yeah. Um, so, I, yeah, I agree. This was not a hard story for me to buy into in terms of, you mm-hmm. know, it was realistic. It was still L.A. There was nothing crazy about it. I mean, some of it, some of that beginning was a little bonkers with the reporters reporting in the, look like in the middle of the gunfight. Like, what were they doing? Like, <laughs> I mean, well, reporters probably do that stuff now. They probably did it then. They, they probably they do it now. do to a point, but the, I don't, with gunfire, I've never seen well, a reporter once again, I'm, because of bullets, but again, I, yeah. I can look past that. I'm um, giving, well, they did in Vietnam, I certainly know, but this is, so they're trying to make a parallel, like, think about Kosovo, think about, you know, there's been a lot of times where there's, you know, a lot yeah, of violence, and we see I that get, stuff I'm happen sure. right up front. I, so I, I do think that that happens, maybe we just don't, we're not aware of it, because we're not well, seeing it, the camera, we're just seeing the action. Yeah, and it, right, exactly, and a lot of it is camera footage. Even I'm thinking of the reporter. race riots we had last summer. I'm sure that there were, or the Capitol riots. Oh, they, I'm oh sure, yeah, yeah. There, there were. I remember, but I think they were yeah. all far enough away that they were at least somewhat safe. Well, I mean, I don't, I don't know. Knows? Yeah, yeah, um, that I don't know. So I, I do, and I think this movie was trying to be a social commentary on the media and the oversaturation of it, and how they're interrupting in the police business. And there's the feud between Danny Glover and the Morton Downey Jr. character. Character. Yeah, so that was. A, I that do was think a it was for a reason. I don't think this movie's just you know to be dismissed as a dumb alien monster movie. I do think it had some ideas and it did things with them. It had ideas. I'll give you that. It did. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It, um, it had ideas. It wasn't just dumb. No, it wasn't, it wasn't just, just dumb. Yeah. It did have ideas, and there's obviously it, it, a point to it. I don't know how well some of these ideas were actually executed, but it was more imaginative than just creature from space comes to L.A. to kill people. Correct. Okay, which you could dismiss it as that, but I think there's a lot no, more to this I, I movie don't, than I that. I don't dismiss yeah, okay. it as that. Um, okay. I, I think it tried to do more. Again, I don't know, you know, to what degree it was successful in certain areas, you know, but I, I think it did. Well, I think it was very more. successful, but we could debate that at the end. <laughs> um, so, all right, so one one of the things I also thought was, was a little... I actually laughed when it happened. Um, so Danny Glover comes in. He comes flying into the middle yep. of this gunfight in the what beginning. What an intro. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he comes flying in, in in this you know old car, and um, 
out of nowhere, like driving recklessly, banging into things, gets out of the car, opens up his trunk, opens up a duffel bag full of guns, and each gun is perfectly laid out in that duffel bag. Like, did you notice that? I thought that was funny. Yeah, yeah, I noticed that. I thought, okay, now would you have accepted that? Time out, Rich. You're laughing at this. And would you have accepted that if it was Arnold Schwarzenegger? No, I would have thought it doesn't matter who it was. I, I honestly really because okay, Arnold Schwarzenegger do does some crazy I, things in Commando and in in uh, um uh what's it in uh in a lo- in Last Action Hero. You know he does some crazy things in well. Those the, you're you're t- mentioning two movies that I haven't seen, and one of them which I haven't seen for very good reason, Last Action Hero. Because oh, I, I love Last awesome. Action Hero. Oh, but it, it, it's not. <laughs> I that that could be one that we do on this. And John oh, McTiernan directed that as well. Oh, so. Uh, yeah, um, I, that, that's a good one. Yeah, but anyway, it doesn't matter who the actor was. Just the fact that he came in flying, driving recklessly, banging into things. He opens up his trunk, opens up a duffel bag, and each gun is perfectly, meticulously laid out in its own little <laughs> I thought spot. that was great. <laughs> I, I, like, um, I, I like what they did with his character, and I like what Danny Glover did with this character. I think Danny Glover is a very good actor. Is this his greatest performance? No, and I don't think it's supposed to be. But Danny Glover is more than serviceable as Arnold's replacement. Wasn't as a tough as to, to me, wasn't it just like his his lethal weapon part? No, completely different. If anything, he was sort of playing the Martin Riggs, the Mel Gibson part. Yeah, he was a little his more part in, He was the reckless, crazy, wild yeah. guy. Whereas in Lethal Weapon, he's the reserved. He's the family man. I'm too old for this. You know, that's Danny Glover in all four that, Lethal and Weapon And that's kind movies. of the problem I have. I, I had trouble separating the two, and at times I was thinking. Even though he wouldn't, he didn't say it in this movie, obviously. But I was thinking he looks a little too old for this. <laughs> like, okay, well, okay. I mean, and if you had trouble in that, that's because of the baggage he brought from, you know, being lethal, Roger Murtaugh and Lethal. Right. That's his name, I think, in the Lethal Weapon movies. That's fair. I think he did enough for me to accept that he's the wild, reckless, different character. I mean, it could have been anybody. I don't think it. A lot of movies nowadays, and I think there's good and bad to this, would have made such an issue with Danny Glover being black or having a black actor cast in that role. I think this movie treated race and even uh, to a certain point, maybe gender, just as a matter of fact. Okay, I don't think it mattered. That I'm thinking of, you know, a I movie agree. like Black, I, black I Panther. It didn't matter the, that he was black or white. He was just a cop who was going to get the job done. No nonsense. Do whatever it took. And I, I bought him in that. It could have been Denzel Washington. No, it could have been Wesley I Snipes. I, I it could have been Arnold Schwarzenegger or Stallone. Okay, and I would have accepted it the same way. So No, no, no. Yeah, and I have no issue with the, with the race, or I, I, that didn't even cross my mind first. Yeah, no, I wasn't implying that. I wasn't, yeah, like I just my friend. Meant, <laughs> yeah, no, I just meant that at times he felt a little old, like, just because I couldn't get that, you know, when, you know, you, too old to him. be doing this. Okay, Some when they have him yeah. hanging off buildings and exactly. falling and doing a lot of crazy. Exactly. So if it was Arnold, would you have accepted it? Or Stallone, would you have accepted it? Um. Stallone probably more so. Actually, Stallone or Arnold, yeah, probably. I mean, part of that, you know, are they the same age as Danny Glover? No, probably younger, right? 
Um, actually, no. But Believe I don't it know. Not. Stallone and Arnold are both. They're all probably about the same age. Okay. Just Glover does look older and plays older. He looks older. older and he's and also like he I didn't said, take steroids his whole life. I don't think so. Well, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, obviously he's not in as good shape as those guys. But he no. also, ha- like I said, came from a role right around this time where he complained about being too old. So yeah, again, and he was a cop. Still the same right, thing. Exactly. Um, you know who was actually when I was you know doing rewatching this and doing research for this. Do you know who all Almost took the part and turned it down, and he was just an up-and-coming star at the time. Will Smith. No, no Will I'm, Smith. I'm kidding. Was, uh, I'm kidding. No. <laughs> okay, yeah. Uh, Steven Seagal. He turned it down, and he chose to make his own movie, also for 20th Century Fox, that dealt with uh, Jamaican drug dealers, cops versus Jamaican drug dealers. A very me- I'm a, I am a Steven Seagal fan, but I do think Marked for Death was... Not a very good Steven Seagal movie, and that's what he chose to do instead, where he's once again taking on a drug cartel uh, in another hot summer city, I, you know, urban setting. I think Danny Glover would was better for this role than Steven Seagal. Yeah, I think it would have been. It would this would have just felt like a Steven Seagal movie, yeah. and I can't think of a Steven Seagal movie. At least you know I haven't seen his straight to video stuff, but from his heyday, which this would have been, I don't know if he was any, in any supernatural, you know, fighting none that monsters. I've, none that I'm yeah, aware. I don't think he. Not, maybe he did once again. He the man makes like seven or eight movies a year, like Nicolas Cage. So uh, I don't know. Yeah. I can't say much for the past twenty years of his career. But at this point, I think that would have been a little different. And uh, I'm I'm happy that Danny Glover did what he did. Um, you know, right. I, I liked him as Harrigan. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So moving along with the movie, you know, you're introduced to all the other cops, um, his friend, his partner, um, uh, then, uh, and, and the female, I guess is also with, with Danny Glover. Um, yeah. and then, uh, Bill Paxton is introduced as like this hothead, I guess, kind of right. Yeah, he comes uh, a little later. You're introduced to all those characters in the first scene, shooting, yeah, fighting yeah. against the drug cartels. Bill Paxton, you meet later when they they slow things down a little bit, but you're still it's still and, hot in the sun coming yeah, in in the police station, sweating. Yeah, so. yeah the police yeah. station's a hot mess. You know, yes, people yes, everywhere. It is. Um, yes, yeah. Bill Paxton is is very Bill Paxtony in this movie. Um, he's, he, I think he's funny. I think uh, he's so Bill Paxton's Bill Paxtony, and I said Gary Busey was his Gary Buseyist. <laughs> he, yeah, the the two of them are um, Bill Paxton Se- ste- chewing up the scenery there. <laughs> yeah, too much for me. I mean, I'm I'm not a big Bill Paxton fan. I, I what in oh. Aliens? Uh, he I love him in Aliens. Game over, Game man. Over, man. Game oh, over. God. Um, I love him in that. Roll my eyes so hard. Oh, I, and I don't think you ever saw one of my favorite. Well, it's an '80s movie, so you might have one of my favorite underrated uh, vampire movies, Near Dark. No, I never Paxton saw that. Lance Henriksen. Oh, he's so good in that. Um, <laughs> I liked so... him in a very small role in Weird Science. Yes, you've um, always said that. I remember when he died, we were talking about that, you know, and you're, I was naming my favorite Bill Paxton movies, and you're like, nope, Weird Science. You're like, True Lies, Titanic, Weird Science. I think you were... You know. I, I, I did. I liked him in, in... I thought he was very good in Titanic, honestly, with yeah. that in that role. He wasn't too much. He wasn't chewing up the scenery. He, he yeah. you know, he was good. Yeah, he was um, believable in that. Yeah. He was, and True Lies, I thought was he was perfect in. <laughs> he I was hilarious in True Lies. Great. yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but other than that, uh, yeah, in this one, it was just like, you know 80s bill paxton um well which you know 
I mean, going it, back it, to Danny, different strokes for different folks. So yeah, going back to you know Danny Glover and all the actors in this, nobody in this movie, acting or screenplay wise, tries to imitate the actors or the plot from the first movie. Not even, and I not think even that's remotely. Important. I think that's important. Okay, the first movie was a band of soldiers on a mission fighting to survive an unknown enemy. Okay, that was what they were doing, and they had their own distinct macho, tough guy personalities. Okay, like Jesse Ventura was the most tough out of all of them with the chewing tobacco and Mm -hmm. makes you a sexual tyrannosaurus, whatever he says. I mean, that movie just exudes, you know, macho, manly testosterone. This movie is a little bit more like a police thriller. Where the cops, they have different personalities. Danny Glover's obviously the strongest one, okay, and the one that we're following the most. But it's like they're investigating a series of murders in a big city. Instead of it being, you know, rival gangs or a serial killer, it's a monster from outer space. So they approach this movie so different. This movie's almost kind of like Seven, okay, but with an alien, okay, whereas the other one is kind of like a Vietnam movie. But instead of fighting the Vietnamese, instead of fighting, you know, those you know, a, a human enemy, they're fighting a monster. Well, one of the things this movie does as a sequel, which is a lot of something that a lot of movies usually do, this movie doesn't do, which is same formula of a movie, except we change, you know, a couple things here or there. Um, now I don't know Predator One well enough to say that they 100% didn't do that, but it doesn't didn't seem like they did that from what I did remember. Whereas, this movie, like the way I described it, how it feels like a detective story. The first one, there's no mystery to the first one. And, and well, not only people are dying and they don't know why and who's killing them, and then eventually they find out and they're fighting to survive. This one is why are these people dying? Why are they hanging upside down? Why are they skinned? Why did he leave this woman alive? What's going on? So there's it's kind of like from the police point we know, but the police don't know. So and then Gary Busey's showing up, this mysterious government agent covering it all up, telling them to back off. So they're trying to figure well, out what you know how like some movies some sequels it's like almost the same movie as the first movie except they change Correct. one you know like uh, home yeah. alone 2 is basically home alone except it's in new york like, except he's in new york wow. everything yeah, about the same yeah. they, at, at this minute mark this happens and at this minute yeah. mark, ghost ghostbusters 2 as well i think ghostbusters you know yeah. i like ghostbusters 2 but it's a retread once again they're trying right. to establish themselves again it's not like they're famous and they save the the city they're you know bums and now they have to save the city again they have to you know it's it's a retread so yeah yeah so this movie at least it, it does it it goes its own way um so i'll give it that and i give this movie so much credit for that yeah and especially at the time i guess in the 90s not many sequels were willing to do that so and i'm not sure but have you seen any of the other predator sequels no and well i do want to talk about them after we, we because talk maybe this, if though. you see those you'll look back and you'll be like wow you know uh, this is uh, <laughs> you're gonna look at predator 2 a lot more favorably okay. i think in right. <laughs> just yeah well, we can, i do want to talk about the sequel so we'll talk about that um okay. in a little bit all right okay. so um so then um I'm, you might have to help me fill in some of the gaps in the story. I know I usually do the play-by-play. Uh, I remember they're in, they're in this penthouse suite of the Colombian drug lord. Yes, and what um, a great shot that is, where you see the city from far away in this one little square with a light on, and then it gets closer and, and closer in, and closer. Yeah. And then you zoom in, you see the woman having the sex yeah. on top of the guy. I thought that was a great shot, um, or series then, of shots. Yeah, yeah and then um, in come the Colombian, no, I'm sorry, the Jamaicans, right? Jamaican gang. and. Do the Jamaicans are killing a Colombian. 
Colombian. Yep. They're planning on killing a Colombian. Yes. And they uh, then they kill this guy after as he's hanging upside down, which is ironic because that's how the predator kills people. Um, True. And skins them, I guess. Right. Yeah. Um, yep. And then uh, immediately after they kill him, he the predator shows up out of nowhere and kills all these Jamaicans. Um, and then you know the police and are coming. Skin, to and then later on, we see them skinned and yep, hanging, skin, and hanging, the blood everywhere. Yep. It's like one of the goriest scenes you could yep. ever. Yep. And then uh, that's that's when I think at this point, no, we were introduced to the FBI before that. Um, yes, briefly. Yeah, we saw Gary Busey in the Gary white. Busey. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Gary. So Gary Busey plays an FBI agent, and he's got a whole team of agents, which are all seeming. Do they say FBI? Agents. I think they're just government agents. I guess they're, they're just not. like a mystery yeah, black I guess maybe ops. I'm, yeah, I'm calling yeah. them FBI agents. I thought it was yeah. funny that I think in the first scene that they're introduced, Gary Busey has a suit on, and all the other guys are wearing the exact same outfit. <laughs> Like khaki <laughs> pants and a blue zip-up hoodie or something. Yeah, yeah. See, what I like about Gary Busey, he stands out no matter what. Like, go back and watch Lethal Weapon. Do you see that blonde hair and those big teeth from a mile away? Yeah, okay, I mean, in a crowd. Him, yeah. So, yeah, exactly. So he doesn't need to, different clothes or different things to stand out. But, yes, you're right. No, so. yeah, he had different clothes on, and his rest of his team all look like, you know, twins of each other. Um, yes. So then... Um, they show up at this penthouse after everyone's found skinned alive, and um, then you know the cops sneak back in because one of them sees uh, the predator's weapon, and uh, the Ruben the Blattis character sneaks yeah, back yeah, in. Yeah. So it's, he's supposed to be. I, I interpreted him. He's you know small role, but I interpret him as kind of like Danny Glover's best friend or his partner. Oh yeah, definitely. A con- if he was a, to a have deep a partner, connection yeah. between them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that was like his his brother you know in, yeah. in arms um so when he sneaks back into the um penthouse and he's going to get that that weapon that the predator left behind um right. he is wearing and I'll, uh, for those of us that are tracking this and, and i am clearly tracking this this is the second movie in a row jay that you've picked out where a man wears a headlight lamp So. I did not realize that because you know what? To be honest, I didn't think of Mumford the entire time I was watching this. I did. I guess I have a thing with jungle locations and uh, headlight lamps, headlight and I never lamps. realized this, that. Yeah, he, okay. He, when he, as soon as he took that <laughs> headlight right. lamp out, and I was like, oh my God, this is Mumford all over again. You're like, <laughs> really, yeah, but, it's really Mumford um, all over again. I think that's no, about the only thing this has in common with Probably Mumford. the only connection, yeah. I thought that was funny, though. Um, so... Um, <laughs> I did not even think of that. So <laughs> I was thinking he, of Indiana Jones the whole time I was here, watching Here's this. a problem, I, a, a, another couple problems I have with this movie. Let, going back a little bit to where all the Jamaicans are killed, I don't know what the hell was happening in that scene. I don't know if it was the lighting or the way it was cut. I think it may be both. But the killing, it was so bizarre. It was like too fast or something. I think they did that so you don't, so you're just seeing the quick images. Well, now I'm actually thinking about another reason why you're saying it's too fast. Yeah, I do agree. It's, it's you know, the, the cuts are sharp, the cuts are fast. I think they did that because they don't want you to see the Predator. And another reason they may have done okay. it was because remember, this was originally NC 17. I don't know where or what cuts they had. I don't know if yeah. I, I, something tells me, yes, there is some nudity in this movie because the woman, she's lying naked there covered in blood when the police find her and everything, yeah. but she's still alive. I don't think it was for any more nudity. It was probably for violence. So perhaps there were violent scenes there that they just had to trim a second off here. All right. two I didn't off think there. of not seeing the predator being the reason, but me, all right, so I'll give it that. So those I, are my two explanations for why. See, that didn't I, bother me. But you I know you're right. It's very sharp. Come yeah. up with more creative ways to show the killing better and still maintaining an R 
rating. I I've think seen, it I've was seen creative, though. Have. Uh, I don't know. I thought it was too fast. I couldn't really tell what was happening. Here's um, why I think it was creative. Finish, and then I'll tell you. Cause, yeah. So, well, then the other part, while we're on this kind of around the scene, is when his partner dies. Now, we're supposed to care about this guy. I'm yeah, assuming. I agree. That's a bit of a letdown. And because he's off screen. Of, yeah, it's off screen. Yeah, and you just yeah. see drops of blood. And, that's and his one like, of the, necklace or bracelet or yeah, whatever his fell bracelet that he or something had. Yeah, falls yeah, yeah. out of his hand or something. Yeah. It's not, like, yeah, that's supposed to be dramatic, and I agree. I did not feel anything. And, when and I, I, that, that's part of the, the problem I have with this movie is all these characters are introduced, yet I didn't feel anything for any of them. As, you know, we'll talk. You know, when Bill. Paxton they did give dies. them personalities. They did they give them personalities, personalities, but I didn't but care. But I guess they you're, died. you're right that we're not supposed to, or we don't care the way maybe we should and, and, care. And I think uh, yeah. part of that is because you don't see them die. So like, I didn't even feel sorry when they died. That's the only character you don't. Well, yeah, there's a few. Okay, I guess you're right. Yeah, yeah. That's whereas I'm thinking of. Whenever one of my favorite movies, also Rich, that we, we talk about movies, I always bring up how RoboCop is one of my all-time favorite movies, mm-hmm. the Paul Verhoeven original. It was all that movie was almost rated X. They didn't have NC seventeen for the scene where where the Peter Weller's character gets shot and blown to bits. Well, uh, that was unnecessarily cruel. No, it wasn't <laughs> unnecessary. Here's why: because you Paul Verhoeven said he had to do it that way because you've only seen this character for fifteen or twenty minutes. He's barely been on screen. He's the main character. He had to make the audience care about him. Right. I, so I, I agree with him for that. That's why. So you see anybody there going through that. You're going to feel bad for them. You're going to remember it. So then you, this guy goes through all that, and then eventually he becomes RoboCop. Uh, so yeah, this movie could have been more this movie violent. Didn't do in that? that sense. I, I think no, it didn't, and it should have. Yeah, it, it with have. all the characters, I I can't. I don't think there's a single death on where you actually see the person die. Oh, uh, maybe the for a, King for, well, for guy. But for, well, no, that one is off screen too. That's a great scene. It is that's off screen. A great he's scene. holding his yeah. head. Yeah, because you um, just you, he's about to fight. Oh yeah, that's when we get to I, that. I, think, I love that scene. I, yeah. I think all the kills are are in some way off screen. I don't even. I didn't even. Couldn't even tell Bill Paxton died. I'll be honest with you. Yeah, maybe for the dialogue driven characters or for the 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 more important characters. I guess they are, but. Um, yeah, so so going along, I don't remember how we get here, but the next scene I remember is uh, when they're in the subway. Um, okay, yeah, you skipped a little bit, but yes, right. that's I love that scene too when everybody has a gun. Social commentary on uh, violence in urban cities, I love it. Yeah, well, the, I, I think the only thing I I skipped, I remember there was a bar scene with Bill Paxton and uh, Danny Glover, and they're suspicious of this. They're, he's of, hitting on some women, Bill yeah, Paxton. And they're, yeah, they're suspicious of um, Gary Busey, and they right, don't... Right. They, and they, and at, to this point, they think that there's another man involved in these killings. They don't obviously have no you know, any reason to believe there's a predator or an alien or anything like that. Right, right. Um, and they never refer to it. It's never really referred to as Predator. That's just what we know it as, right? That's what we. I don't even think they call it that in the first movie, to be honest. Yeah, I think that's just what yeah. we know. That's it as. just what we call it. Yeah. Okay. Well, same thing with the Alien movies. I don't know if they call it Alien. I think they call it Xenomorph. So. Yeah. Exactly. Um, okay. Well so um, yeah, I remember the. So then the scene on the subway, which was good, except for the fact that with the strobe lighting, I couldn't. Again, yeah, it's tough to. That I, one's I, tough to see what's I, going. I couldn't on. tell yeah. what was going on. I didn't even know Bill Paxton died until. I guess I, at the very end, they kind of make. 
they you couldn't even tell what was going on. I, I, I honestly yeah. had no idea what was going on. Um, yeah. And then they show that she's pregnant. Um, so then, yeah, he, yeah he, that's he, why he spared her life. So the predator spares women. I thought the predator spared women in the first uh, movie, but she was armed. But this time, it spared her because she had a. So baby. does the predator have rules that he follows? Is that how this? I works? believe so. Yeah, because in the first movie, the predator kills everyone. Without, you know, he just, he just, boom, he'll kill, kill you. Okay, but he leaves the woman to survive. There's a man next to the woman, and he just, he gets the man in the first Predator. So, I thought it was because he just doesn't kill women. Um, and once again, think about the scene with the drug cartel with the that we were just talking about. The big murder scene between the two gangs. Uh, he left, the, the woman survived, all the men were killed. Um, but one thing that you said but you didn't like the violence. was that because he wasn't armed? Because he only that might people be. that are yeah. armed. Also, she wasn't armed. Yeah. He, right, and neither was the guy hanging. He was killed by the Jamaicans before the Predator. Right. So he, right. the Predator yeah. didn't kill that guy either. Um, mm-hmm. And then there's a child at one point um, in the cemetery. Oh, in the park, yeah. That was a weird scene. That yeah, was a very was weird. weird scene. I, yeah. I, I couldn't figure out why that was even in the movie. That was so bizarre. Um, yeah, that was a weird scene. And he doesn't kill the child either. So that's when I was that's what I was trying to figure out like are there does he are there rules at this The predator does involved? have rules. Yeah, he's not he's uh, you know, yeah, he's not just killing anyone. Is it like you can't feed him after midnight, you can't get him wet like I think it's or... just if you're a woman, if you're a child, if you're I guess he's a monster, but he's not a complete monster. So it's not like, you know, well, that's, He's that's not the other killing question. women and children. Yeah. That's the other question I have, and and I don't know if any of the sequels answer this or any of the Alien versus Predators movies. But are they are, is they hunting for sport? Yes. So if it's for sport, maybe there are rules because I mean my dad is a hunter, and you know there's rules he follows. He doesn't just go around right. Killing yeah, no, animal. yeah. Though they um, are the man is there's sport uh, hunting for sport, and man is the you know. Okay, but, right. so but they're not going to. We have no reason to believe that at this point in time. Is that true? That is true, but we know that I guess from this movie. I, I know. Well, I guess that this from movie things, set, yeah. establishes certain rules. For, and from the previous movie, it spare it could have killed the woman dozens of times in the first movie, and it chose not to. Right. Okay. And then, so, so but, yeah. but and she was armed in the first one. I don't think so. But she, so she was their prisoner. She, she was their, yeah, so no. Okay. So all the, the commandos all obviously had many guns. Right. Uh, she was their prisoner. She was So their, I guess yeah. that's, you know, the rule. Maybe that rule was established in the yeah. first movie. You only, yeah. He only goes after people that are armed. And yeah. now in the second movie, he also adds in pregnant women because she was armed. Um, and, yeah. um, and children. And children. And so I guess if, if you count the fetus as a child, then depending, once again, we're getting into, I'm getting into political, uh, social commentary <laughs> themes here. Yeah. I, I don't know. I never thought of the predator as being pro, uh, pro life, but I guess, uh, I guess clearly he is. He is. So now yeah, we know clearly the predator's yeah. stance on abortion. Uh, now we know the predator's stance on that. abortion. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> we know who to vote for. Exactly. Um, but one, one thing that you did say that I forgot to mention about how you didn't like the violence or the, you couldn't see certain things. I think the technological innovations in this movie are impressive and believable, kind of reminiscent of the gadgets in Ghostbusters or a James Bond movie with the sci-fi influence, okay? The Predator's net. I love the, the guns, net. the Predator. I did like the, the net. The discs, the spear. So mm-hmm. all, they did a good job designing those weapons, those tools that the Predator has. And they did kind of a good job with the few ones that Gary Busey and his agents use against the Predator. So yeah, and now you got me thinking another no one. Gary Busey's Gary Busey's death is off screen too. You see the meat get cut 
cut and you see obviously he his you know half of his body is cut in half right. but you again another, it's behind another, meat he's hidden yeah yeah another uh disappointing death in my eyes i'll be honest but um yeah, okay. so bill paxton dies in the train and then he takes his skull and his spine so do, wait am i jumping ahead too far am, did i did we i think king, king willie i think king willie happens before that yeah. and that's a great scene because well, why don't you explain that one because i had a little trouble well, with that one too the Just predator is sort can... of walking in the alley you see the invisible they, you do a good job with the technology the invisibility he's walking like on water approaching king willie king willie has a sword takes it out and it looks like there's going to be a big fight you hear king willie scream and then the next cut going on with your theory that you're not seeing anyone die the predator's walking away holding king willie's head you see it's, it's his face screaming and you don't realize he's dead until a second or two after the cut and you realize that the predator's carrying him by his hair by his dreadlocks and i like uh, that part but then what i happens love after that it? cut do they show him like he takes the skull and... yes yes he does yeah yeah he's okay, i couldn't figure him. out what they were showing there it he was takes very the weird. skull i forget if it's his skull where he's on spine where he's on the top no, that's Bill Paxton. That's Bill Paxton's. Okay, yeah, so the, his that skull, happens much later. They show yeah. him put the skull somewhere. But you on the trophy, where. which we see later we on. See it, we we see it later, but at the time, you don't know where he's At the put. time, you don't know where that is. It's just the Predator's hideout, I guess, right, or exactly. something. Yeah, we don't know exactly what it is. But it's like his little trophy case. Right. Or the um, Predator's trophy case, yeah. Yeah, so then um, yeah. So then Bill Paxton, after that, he that's where he kind of rips his skull and his spine out, uh, similar yeah. to... Uh, uh, remind me of Mortal a Mortal Kombat. Yeah, death. yeah, yeah. Um, the, the, the video game, not the movie. The movie was correct, PG thirteen. But games. Predator does do that. Predator does do that in the first movie where he rips it off by the spine and yeah. roars and th- swings the skull around in the air. It's just instead of he does it in a jungle landscape instead of you know. A good yeah, and then he climbs night, on with, the, with lightning uh, striking yeah, and all of climbs that. Climbs on yeah. the top of the building and there's lightning striking and you know trying mm-hmm. to set up a, a cool image there. Um, yeah. Then. Um, Oh, so um, so then um, he's getting reprimanded. Danny Glover's getting reprimanded in in the chief's office. Yeah. Um, again, I thought Robert D- Davi was wasted in yeah. this movie. He had like three scenes, and they were you know angry cop scenes, and that was it. I mean, a lot of this, a lot of some of that stuff was you know cliche straight out of you know Forty Eight Hours or yeah. any Dirty Harry. Okay, and sort of uh, you know Harrigan is Dirty Harry in this movie. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, he's willing to do whatever it takes to, you know, get the job done. No, uh, he's I, not I just, gonna listen to anybody. I, I felt yeah. like they could have used anyone in that role. I felt like, I oh, mean, yeah, I, I, I know I Robert Davi's not, yeah. you know, a huge name, but around that time he'd been in. I was going to say around movies. that time he sort of, he got yeah. some really good parts. He was in Die Hard, like you said, he was in Goonies. He was a James Bond villain in License to Kill, probably my least favorite James Bond film. I was just going to say, still. I bet you, you hate that one. Well, it, Dalton made two <laughs> Bond movies. I liked one. I liked Living yeah. Daylights. I did not like License to Kill. So, yeah. but that's another discussion for another day. Yep. Um, all right. So, uh, yeah. So, oh, so he's getting, and then there's like this, like computer, like talking about, I guess, all the things. It's like a, it's like a, a biography on, uh, um. Danny Glover's character. Do you remember? You know what I'm mm-hmm. talking about. Mm-hmm. I thought that was a little weird. For like, uh, yeah, because it, it makes him look bad. Like, why is he employed by you if he's this dangerous and this bad? Right. And also, the computer voice itself was clearly just a woman talking. Like, it didn't sound like a computer. 
would sound. Yeah, well, 1997, the future. Yeah, it, there you, you go. Know, You're like, what's I the guess. futuristic about that? Yeah. So, yeah, I, I I give this movie credit for its 1997 setting and trying to use... To, the filmmakers use their imagination. Instead of making yeah. a rote, mundane action thriller picture whatever they use their imagination with expanding on the creature and with creating this world they could have just made it 1990 present day but i think by adding it to 1997 it made everything a little bit more extreme a little more surreal they got away with more Mm -hmm. at least to me and made it believable so um yeah so i thought that was um weird that they give you so much information about him there about how he's you know i mean i guess you kind of could figure that out on your own so i i didn't really understand what the point of that was you know that by this point we're halfway through the movie and now i guess exposition on him and to slow it down a little bit maybe yeah Yeah. because this movie's relentless this movie is non-stop for the most part it is um then um all right so yeah i'm catching up on my notes now so yeah that was all before the train scene then the train scene happens and then after the train scene and bill paxton's character is killed um then you get more intro on or more exposition from um uh gary Busey's character and that's when uh another scene i thought did work in this movie was the scene in the meat locker Yes, um, great with, scene. With all, all the Gary Busey scenes are great in this. Yeah, I, I, honestly, he he is good in it. He's just again, I I, I don't think he's in it enough. Uh, I okay, wish was, I, I wish and I could because he's so good in this. Here's you did skip one of my favorite parts where Gary Busey's the mysterious government agent. I already said one of his best lines. He's attracted to heat and well, that's that's the exposition I was talking about. Yeah, but there's another one: lions and tigers and bears. Oh my! Oh Why my does God. he say it like that? I, and I, just there, I wrote like, that yes. down too, and I I skipped over that because I couldn't even I didn't even want to go back to that. I was like, I love that? Busey's line delivery of that to me. Garrett, there's certain actors that sometimes when they act, it's like they're on a different hemisphere or a different planet than everybody else well, in the movie. He's definitely one of those people. Christopher Walken, I think, has made a good yep. career out of that. Forrest Whitaker, I think, has he excels in that. Every movie, it's like Forrest Whitaker's on a different plane than all the other actors. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But it's like, why can't he just act normal? He just can't do it. Um, you know, and this one, he's playing like a madman unto himself. And he's just so wild and so scenery chewing and uh, he, he seems more like he's on another planet than the from another planet than the predator does and <laughs> yeah. he makes this movie gary Busey makes this movie all the more interesting because of it because yes when he's on screen in this particular movie you're not going to blink yeah, because he'll um, miss something. He'll miss something. Okay, right. it's, he's uh, too right, good. Exactly. Yeah. He's one of those people that when they are on screen, now going along with that, he's also one of those people that you can't have on screen too much because it's distracting too. So he. So they used him just the right amount then. Agreed. I just thought that. Well, I I felt like he could have been in it more just because I, I felt like. I didn't get enough of his character. You know, I wanted to know more about him and, and more about, you know, what was going on. But, you know, but you're right. Or what I just said, too, I guess I'm contradicting myself because if he yeah. is in the movie too much, I don't think he's ever had a starring role in a movie. Well, other than the Buddy Holly movie. Well, yeah, movie. the Buddy Holly movie. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I'm sure he has. I'm just not... Uh... None that we know well, of, also, so they must not he's have been not always He's not always this over the top in movies. Okay, I'm thinking of him in Lethal Weapon. He wasn't this gonzo. He was a villain. He was a good villain. He was a believable villain. But he wasn't a lunatic like this. He was kind of crazy 
lunatic dra- cross-dressing villain in Under Siege, but I think he got overshadowed by Tommy Lee Jones, who was in the middle of a career hot streak uh, you know, with uh, when he did that, because he did Under Siege right after JFK mm-hmm. and right before he did The Fugitive when he won an Oscar. So Tommy Lee Jones was really, you know, revving, racking all, all cylinders uh, 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 in the early 90s at this time. Mm-hmm. But I think Busey was excellent uh, in this, and yeah, I... This, uh, Under Siege, and Lethal Weapon, I think, are his three, maybe not best acting performances, but definitely, like, his three of his most memorable performances. Yeah. Um, so I did, you know, I did like the scene in the meat locker where they knew Mm -hmm. the alien was going to go in, uh, they knew the predator was going to go in there to eat because he goes in there to eat every night. So they Mm -hmm. had, you know, they had their guns and they were going to, the special guns so they could, so he couldn't disappear. A little reminiscent of Ghostbusters. Yeah. Yeah. They looked like the, uh, the slime guns from Ghostbusters. Yes, exactly. Not the proton packs, but the slime guns in the second one. Yep. That's what I thought as well. Um, You know, and I thought that was a, a cool scene. You know, they had the, you know, they had all their gear on with the flashlights, um, and then all of a sudden, you know, we're 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 made aware that the predator has, uh, you know, like when you go to the eye doctor and the the doctor puts that thing in front of your face and is switching all the lenses. That's yeah, what I, I that's that what I cool. felt like. <laughs> um, I thought that was cool. Yeah. yeah, where so all of a sudden the predator doesn't have to see in you know thermal, uh, you know heat. Uh, vision he could also make out other things and he made out the light and he was able to see them and you know attack them and kill them all one by one and uh uh then um danny glover's character comes in and that's when stuff gets a little crazy you know his mask the, the predator's mask comes off and the predator from my memory looks the same is that right yeah a little bit maybe more detail and um you know, TLC went into the makeup effects this time. Is he, but for the most part, yeah, he's the same. Is the he without a mask there. more in this movie than the first one? I believe so, I, yes. I, I, From what I remember, he is. Um, yeah. And you you didn't mention Stan Winston yet. I'm surprised you haven't Oh, him. no. Well, Stan Winston, great creature features. He did the first one and he did this one. Yeah, he was, you know, mm-hmm. one of the greatest makeup uh, artists of all time. Yes. That's, yeah. I, I did not write that down to mention that. I'm glad you dropped his name. Um, so, I, you know, I thought the Predator looked good without its mask on. Um, I, I thought it was a little silly when he was talking and cursing. Um. That's what I wrote down. But if you do pay attention, he is repeating lines that he heard and recorded. Oh, yeah, I know. From you can the, hear. Yeah, you know, I know from the previous there, one. Yeah, you can so, hear him. Um. The alien talking profanity was stupid but fun. Um, it, it, and it's about as dumb as the evil maniacal laugh the predator does at the end of the first movie before he self destructs. If you remember that. I always thought that was kind of... You don't remember that? He has like this evil Vincent Price maniacal bad guy laugh as he's setting off the self-destruct bomb and Arnold realizes what it is and he starts running away and it blows up. Uh, So, Mm -hmm. Which which the the alien in this movie, the predator in this movie tries to do as well, right? And I'm glad he did not succeed because once again, this movie could have been a retread of the first one. And even that moment, it's like, nope, you're not, you know, you're not getting away with that. It's like in Karate Kid 2 when the crane kick didn't work on the, you know, mm-hmm. in the final fight <laughs> for that one. You got to do something else now. So, yeah, I like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So w- w- one thing I wrote um, again. So then Gary Busey's character comes back. And w- what's the line he says when he comes back? I thought it was really cheesy. Like, look who oh, it is I forgot. or something. Yeah. yeah, yeah, something like that. And then you can do It's a good. It's, guess he's, guess he's who's good back. This, yeah. That's what it was. Guess yeah, who's yeah, back. Yeah. <laughs> and I was just like, first of all, I thought, was that supposed to be like 
an Arnold homage, like, because I'll be back, and guess who's back? Maybe. I didn't think about um, that. Maybe a slight knock on Arnold. <laughs> yeah, I'm back. <laughs> but that was, I thought that was so corny. And then I he, didn't think he, about he that. He comes yeah. back. Like, he, he, you think Gary Busey's dead, and he comes back. Right, because that plasma explosion, you see the camera go right into his mouth. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so. yeah, yeah, exactly. So you think, like, he died, but then he says, guess who's back, and he comes in. Yeah. But then he doesn't really Just do to anything. die again. Yeah, so, and then he yeah, just dies exactly. again. And you don't even yeah, see him whatever. die. You just see his legs fall. Like, uh, again. It's the, not the greatest, the I, I'll give you, but of the major good, yeah. characters was, a, was one of the downfalls of this movie for me. Um, okay. Because I, I just, like you said, you, you have to see that... They weren't established enough for me to care about them. So if I don't see right. them die, I definitely right. don't care about them. And Correct. I feel like, and it also makes me feel like the movie doesn't care about them because they're not even. Yeah, but that to... didn't ruin the movie for me. I mean, it's, it you're, doesn't. You're you're, you're no, right. To me, that's it, it it's a, a flaw. This isn't a four star movie, it, it's but a flaw it's not the first movie. Yeah, it's it's uh, yeah, it's. I'm the not first saying movie the movie was ruined for me because of that, but I think that's okay. a flaw, um, okay. a major flaw. Um, okay. So then, uh, so then I think right from there, I mean, at this point, once that scene starts, I think from there it just goes right to the end of the movie, right? Um, um well, then, yeah, because after Gary Busey dies, Danny Glover chases it through a tunnel or hole or whatever, and then he goes up the skyscraper, they establish, not Gary Busey, Danny Glover. Yeah, Danny Glover's afraid of heights, and he's still climbing, you know, trying to find the Predator. That's where he stops the Predator from doing the self-destruct. And cuts, right, off cuts his, his arm. arm off. Yeah, and then they establish some new rules for the predator that this predator can regenerate using linoleum or concrete, whatever, in the in the lady's bathroom. Well, he um, he he, ha- he brought like a little bathroom travel kit with him. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> he has like his own little predator travel kit, and he takes it out yeah. in the bathroom, and he takes his time and. I thought that was a weird part of the movie. Um, that every, was ev- weird. Everything it, about it was a little odd. First of all, the fact that, like, okay, the Predator just goes into this bathroom, and he's yeah. just taking his time healing himself, and he's got his own little, he's got his little travel kit. And he's you know, screaming, he's, and the woman's, like, sitting there looking, and, then, and what does yeah, she say when Danny Glover old, finally comes through? You have this yeah. old woman who's trying to wake up her husband who's snoring in the next room, <laughs> and, and she's just like... Uh, and someone's in the bathroom. Like uh, the whole thing, that was like it, it felt out of place for that movie. And I just, thought it was funny, it, but it was you're funny, right. But it's it felt out of place, yeah. just like the cemetery scene felt out of place. I um, think the cemetery scene felt more out of place. I if I if they yeah. said you need to cut five minutes out or two minutes out, I would cut that scene out uh, before I would cut the old lady and that stuff because that. That moment drives the plot because the predator has to get his arm back. Right. Okay. So even though it might be stupid, we're they came up with a stupid way for the predator to get his yeah, arm back so he can have the, the big showdown. Scene. Whereas the cemetery really didn't do much except say kids will offer invisible creatures candy. And, <laughs> it was and he really won't, and he won't kill that. kids even if they're armed because that kid had a toy so, gun. Yeah. So I guess that counts, yeah, for something a little bit. But that I could have done with that. But we again, didn't need to know. But that, it's not yeah. like you know a child saves the day in this movie, and that all makes sense. Like it's not like they ever. No, it served no point. That. Yeah, yeah that served no point. point. The predator in the lady's bathroom served a point. It might right. be stupid. You might not like it, but it served a point. Yeah. Yeah. The other so. scene was just a waste of time. But um, yes, I agree. So. Um, yeah, so then you know he the bathroom scene. Um, he he kind of regenerates himself and, and heals himself, um, and then from there they go. You know they end up. I don't know. There's like an elevator shaft, and he falls through the bottom of it. Yep. And yep. that's when he ends up in his ship, right? Is that that's when? Well, we don't know he's in a ship yet, but we know he's clearly in something 
else. Something oh, okay. Other they world. don't show him go into the ship. They just show him come out of the ship after that. Is that how that yes. works? Yes. Okay. okay, yeah, yeah. So, and then we see the ship fly off. So, um, but yeah, he's in somewhere that looks foreign, um, you know, and I'd like to say this, I, you know, I, I love the whole ending. The last 15, 20 minutes, I, from oh. the first time I saw it to now, I was just, if I was, let's say I was lukewarm about the movie before, the last 15, 20 minutes completely made whatever flaws I have. You're naming some flaws that this movie has, but to me they're a little ticky-tack flaws that just the big picture outweighs, the good outweighs the bad, and it's all in the last 20 minutes, I think. So. Um, yeah, the last 20 minutes is is good. The ending is, is strong in this movie, I think. Oh, um, okay. As opposed to the movie we did last week. Yes. Which kind um, of has the same ending, and we'll get to that at the end, but keep going. In yeah. a way, but yeah. Um, in a way? Oh, I could think of one way that they're different, but we'll go on. We'll debate that at the end. Keep keep yeah. going. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so then they have the, the final battle, um, right? Is Oh, first you see the trophy case. Um, and yes. That's, I'm, I'm not an alien person. I've ah. seen the first two, but that's clearly <laughs> okay. a Xenomorph skull, right? Well, you've seen, the, you've seen the best two, and yes, that was one that got fanboys. Even people that hated this movie were like, oh my god, because they're both properties of Fox. They were both made by 20th Century Fox. So okay, so it was, everyone, easy, it was easy for that skull to make it. Every, it's like Freddy and Jason when they were both owned by New Line. Yeah. This got everybody super, super, super excited that there, it took them 14 years, and when they did <laughs> finally make it it was a pg-13 nightmare and the less said about alien versus predator the better um but it teased that that yes that was clearly meant to be the xenomorph skull uh i love the ending because the for it builds on the monster's you know mystery and creates a legacy that these alien hunters from another world have been on our world hunting us for centuries maybe even longer and that just made my little imagination run wild when i was younger and i wanted to see more spin-offs more stories of the predator in different locations around the world in different time periods throughout history instead of just following the sequels the sequels have dropped the ball in achieving this and lost the world building. This is the only Predator sequel that does something a little different and builds a world that you kind of care about, okay? Instead, the following sequels are just not the same, or they're just more of the same. Uh, and they're they're not building worlds. They're not, you know, mythology expanding the elements that this movie contained. I love the set design of the Predator ship. That writing, the colors, I think this is where the set really stood out and really made me think, wow, this is awesome. And we don't know it's a ship yet, but I love the scene when Danny Glover does fight mano a mano against the Predator and eventually does take him down. Uh, and then, of course, we I love the design of the different Predators when they show up. At the, yeah, you know, so, the, uh, yeah, he, he, all he's... of this overshadowed the xenomorph skull on the wall for me. Yeah, I agree. That, that was just a minor, like, oh, look. Like I've seen that before. Um, again, I'm not a predator guy. I mean, I'm sorry, I'm not a uh, you know an alien fanboy. Well, you've seen the best two movies, so that's right. But that's I mean, enough. I wasn't like yeah. I'm not like a fanboy of it. Where I, if I had seen that, I would be like, oh my god, it's gonna happen, Alien versus. But people predator, did. But that's I'm what sure people, people lost their minds over. That like at when Jason goes to hell, the final shot of Freddy's glove coming yeah, out of the ground the, and pulling taking the mask. The mask yeah. People lost their minds over that. It's that same little you know. Whatever I think that, that Freddie's hand was too, more right? intentional, and that took 
God, what year was? I don't know what year Freddy versus Jason was, but oh, Freddy versus Jason was two thousand three. I saw that when yeah, I was. Yeah, the in other Rhode movie Island. was like in the early nineties. Early nineties, so ninety two, ninety three, so, somewhere around there. Around, yeah, yeah so. so at least about ten years, maybe nine yeah. years, maybe ninety four. Yeah, I don't know exactly, but uh, that's a long and Jason time. X came in between. Jason X did come out in between those two movies. That's a long time. Um, I mean, imagine if you were, you know. <laughs> 20 years old and being like, oh, that's going to be awesome. Can't wait for like two more years so that comes out. Yeah. And then like, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. by the time it does come out, you know, you're married with a couple kids and you're yeah, and you're like, I, I don't really care too much <laughs> yeah, about that. But, uh, but I, this predator ending did a lot for my imagination. And I'd like to give a shout out to the comic books and graphic novels because I did go out of my way to read those when I was younger. And I think uh, one of the reasons is because they do show the predator in different scenarios. They show the predator you know, uh, there was one called Cold War where he's killing Russians, Soviets up in like a Siberian military base or something. Uh, there's one where he's in like an ancient Africa hunting an African tribe like hundreds of years ago, like the Safari Bushman uh, tribe like that. Well, so seeing the Predator in these different scenarios, I loved. Is this, um, is this, uh, were these things that you're mentioning, the graphic novels and comics and everything, were that after the Predator 2 or before Predator 2? I believe they were after. I could be wrong, though. Okay. Some of them some of them may have been before, but I'm willing to bet most of them came after. I'm willing to bet most of them came after, too, because I don't think that idea was, con- unless it was conceived by the people writing the comic books, you know, I, th- I don't think the first Predator gave you that idea no the first predator didn't this what that's what i like about this predator it built on the mythology the first one was he's just some alien hunter killing commandos just for fun for sport okay this one is they've been doing this for god knows how long and i just uh, you know it it did a lot for me Yeah, yeah so i give this movie a ton of credit for that all right so then the movie ends after they fight and then of course danny glover wins he has that disc that the he got from the predator at some point during right. the movie and he um, stabs him with it in the stomach stabs yeah. it and then yeah, cuts him with it and then um then these other predators appear out of thin air and um come and take the body away and i guess as a reward for killing that predator well you're skipping you're skipping danny glover's like all right who's next and it's like he's like bring it on i love that it's like a small moment but it's a good moment yeah yeah, I, I thought that was fine. I mean, obviously, if, if they were out to get him, he would have easily been destroyed. I had of, so but. much more fun with this movie than you. This movie, it's the way you're describing it, it sounds like it was work for you to sit through. And for me, this at was times, absolute at pleasure. At times it was, and at times it wasn't. Um, okay. I did like the ending, but I, I mean, I thought that line was a little corny, because I, like I said, obviously, there's three or four predators there. If they want to, <laughs> who's next? It's yeah. like, seriously, like, you look old. Yeah. You By this point, you're, you've been beaten to hell. Gotta be exhausted. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Exactly. I mean, he's like, yeah. You're not. You're, you're, I'm not buying that line out of you right now. If, I, if anything, you know what? I had fun with it. No, I, I, I enjoyed it. it. it would, yeah. I would have been. I would have more enjoyed if he just, if he said like you know like uh, like a curse word or something. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I don't know. Like seriously like if he said seriously or something like that like i would have been i would have had more fun with it if he said that not you know (laughs) you know like all right that's just me Um, and i love how each predator looked different they weren't carbon copies of the predator that we saw throughout the film but they you could there was like an older predator yeah they had had different features yeah Yeah. i like that yeah and then i guess as a reward for killing the predator he got they handed him a, a flintlock gun 
from mm. I think it's dated what, 1715 or something like that. 1716 or 1715, 16. yeah, something like yeah. giving him the gun, I think I used to think it was like a gift, like but this time it was like a gesture of respect. That's what I thought. Because this guy defeated them. Yeah. yeah. He earned it and the predator reluctantly tosses at him. It's like when you don't want to give your friend the remote. Okay. Mm. Toss toss something the way the predator tossed the gun at Danny Glover uh, to someone and they're gonna think you're being really rude and obnoxious. So uh, I, I thought that was a really good, like, fu toss to Danny Glover. And then he keeps it, and I was just like, wow, but, uh, these things I... were around in colonial is America, 1716. Like, what's going on here? Yeah. No, yeah, I guess that that that's true. And and I, I, I liked that scene for the fact that, again, they treated it like a sport. You know, they, obviously, yeah. if they were just killers, they would have just killed him. You know, like correct. Yeah, but he he got the he won that he, round. Right, he won exactly. Yeah. <laughs> he won that round, and you know, it's kind of like one of those like underdog sports movies. You know, exactly. Um, there you go. This and uh, uh, Bad News Bears or Rocky. Okay, uh, it's in the same Karate category. Kid. You already mentioned Karate Kid. That's Karate Kid. There you movie. go. Yeah, perfect. Perfect um, example. Yeah. You know, obviously uh, the uh, Cobra Kai weren't so willing to give him the trophy in that movie, but <laughs> you see no, my idea. But, yeah, um, yeah, but, and this movie's sort of an underdog movie in the pantheon of, I think, sci-fi action movies. So yeah, I think this movie deserves a lot more credit. Um, yeah, clearly you, you, know, you really like this movie. He, my thing with this movie is if you're a Predator fanboy like you are... You, you would like this movie like okay. you can you can look past the flaws i'm not a predator yeah. fanboy i did i did i hate mm. this movie no um i didn't hate it uh however there were times where like you said it was a little bit work for me i think i think this movie was about 15 minutes too long um i think that and i could have me i could easily tell you some scenes that could have been cut um yeah. I, I think the final the final battle could have had a little trimming down um I didn't think it needed to go on as long as it did. Um, you know, well, you didn't finish talking about the ending. Like the, like, so did you say like what happens exactly at the end? No, I didn't. So uh, after okay. he gets the gun, then he gets out of the ship. Uh, and then the ship takes off and fill me in from there. Cause I'm drawing a blank. Then just like the other government agents show up and he's all dirty and everything. And they're just looking up at the sky. The ship goes away. Oh yeah. And, and the helicopter yeah. takes off. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And they, yeah. And so he's just, I don't remember if he says anything important, but they play that dune, 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 dune. I love the predator theme. Alan Silvestri there. I'll, I'll name drop him. Great composer. Did yeah. the score to back to the future. Mm-hmm. Did the score for, um, he did the Avengers scores, which I don't think is that memorable, but he's done it. And obviously that's probably made him more money than any other score he composed um period uh so yeah i I do love the ending but the ending and now what moment now how long through this movie were you thinking why did jay pick this movie and what does this have to do with indiana jones up until the ending oh okay so until the last till the ship sailed off or until you realized they were in a ship no um when they fought in the ship it, it kind of reminded me of the ending of of, of um, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, and then when and the like others when the others show up, then I was okay. like, okay, I see where he's going with this. Okay, okay, but um, to me, the, it was the ship going the ship off is the connection. Off. I mean, yeah. when the ship flies off. Now, the only thing that I could think that's different in Indiana Jones is that 
George Lucas's loophole excuse of, well, they're not aliens from outer space, they're interdimensional beings. So it went into another dimension instead of going into outer space. Otherwise... Well, listen, it's a, it's a sad day for both of these movies when they're ripping each other off. Like This movie didn't rip anything off. This movie was an original no, ending. No, that's true. But it's... This right, well, movie ending... This movie deserves way more credit because how... I mean, how sad is that that Steven Spielberg, okay, one of the greatest living auteurs and one of the greatest filmmakers of all time blatantly ripped off the ending of Predator 2, a critically maligned, uber-violent financial failure, and it inspired the ending of Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. How sad and lame is that? Even if you hate this movie, or consider it a disappointment, and a vastly inferior sequel to the original, you have to give it some credit. You have to give it props, or... You have to give it a lot for having the same ending and doing it way better than Indy 4 did 18 years later. See, I don't think we have to give it credit or props. I think, if anything, we have to give Knockdown Indiana Jones 4. Even I, I wish I wish I had seen this before we did the Indiana Jones ones, because I would have killed it even worse than I did. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, that's good to know. I would have killed it even more. So you're not saying you're not giving this movie any more credit because of that. You're just saying Indiana Jones 4 sucks even more. Correct. I'm not giving this movie more credit because it was okay. ripped off. I'm giving the the movie that ripped it off less credit. Um, because, <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I thought the ending of Indiana Jones 4, and I, I, you know, we're talking about a different movie, but I thought the ending of Indiana Jones 4 was bad to begin with. Now it's even worse knowing that they could have the original. <laughs> like, at least have an original thought. And, and it was that. not, and they were ripping off Predator 2. This is not among critics, as we saw on Rotten Tomatoes, hence the reason why I picked this movie for a reappraisal and a reevaluation. This is not a celebrated movie. This is not Terminator 2. No. This is not Aliens. This is not Empire Strikes Back. But look at what it, it inspired Spielberg and Lucas. With their Indiana Jones four ending, I mean, well, that, that just makes goes that to show you no. where they're where they were in two thousand eight, <laughs> because the Spielberg <laughs> not, and Lucas not very of, imaginative <laughs> of nineteen ninety, or even you know nineteen eighties and nineties would not have ever done that. So uh, I, I agree, I, I, I agree, I uh, but so, I think the fact that they did makes Predator two. I think Predator two is underrated to begin with. But I think the fact that they did makes it one of the more underrated sci-fi action movies, sequels of all time. Does not compare with the first film. I'll give no, Predator 1 is better in every way. Yes, agreed. But Predator 2 works on its own and remains by far the second best sequel to Predator, which is filled with otherwise at best forgettable and at worst horrendous sequels. This movie deserves to be in the discussion as great action sci-fi sequels like James Cameron's T2 and Aliens, okay? Whereas the other Predator movies deserve a similar fate to the Terminator sequels where they should just pretend like they never happened and start fresh if they ever, you know, make another Predator movie. Yeah, so we never did talk about the score on Rotten Tomatoes for this one. So it's 30, the critics, you know, it's a 30% Rotten movie from critics and 44% for audience. Um, 
like I said, I'm closer to the 50% point myself. Um, if I was more of an Aliens fan like you are, I probably would like this more. Um, being just an average fan of the, of, you know, like I said, I saw Predator 1 once. I'm not big into alien sci-fi movies. I don't hate them, but I'm not big into them. Mm. You know, so I could take or leave this movie. Would I tell people to see it? No, not unless the, I knew they were fans of the Predator series and they hadn't seen it yet. Then, yeah, I wouldn't say, I would say, yeah, you should see it. You know, I wouldn't say, but if, you know, the average moviegoer, you know, did I, you asked me before we started recording, uh, did I, did I watch this with my wife? And I said, this wasn't even a conversation we had. You know, I, I would not, but even before seeing it I, I knew she wouldn't like it but even after seeing it it's not a movie i would tell people like oh you should see predator 2 you know um unless people like if, if someone said to me i really like indiana jones and the kingdom of the crystal skull i would say well then you should see predator 2 um, and then tell me how much you like it so i'm glad you figured out because that was the only reason i picked it because when i think of indiana jones and the kingdom of crystal skull I immediately think of Predator 2 and how much better Predator 2 is in every possible way. Yeah, I mean, I mean, listen, it's a completely different movie except for the ending. Um, I think, you know, I, I think this movie has a few bright spots. I think there are many flaws. Um, so, I, I, you know, I, I, it does stand on its own, but it doesn't stand on its own as a great movie. You know, it No, stands, it doesn't. It's, it whereas Terminator 2 is a great movie. Right, yeah. exactly. It stands on its own as, a, you know, a 90s thriller. You know, it's a run-of-the-mill 90s thriller. Oh, I think it's better than um, run-of-the-mill. I oh, think it's run-of-the-mill. I, 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 oh, think, I, I, I think the think ending is yeah. good. Again, if you're a Predator fan, then yes, it is more than... It's, Which it I guess I am. I guess we established. I didn't realize how much of a Predator fan I was. Well, you, uh, you like Predator. You like Aliens. You, you like those kind of movies and yeah. all right so so all right so the legacy of this movie really well what what was the next predator movie after this alien versus predator 14 years later so and that took, was god awful so that so this movie hindered the predator franchise for 14 years yeah and in the meantime they made two other alien movies which were also not successful alien 3 was not a commercial success and alien resurrection which i do enjoy significantly uh was also a flop at the box office okay. so and then after I mean, so those alien... two things those two things didn't help either okay. i'm sure so then after alien resurrection came alien versus predator Yes, and that's the third. And then Predator Alien vs. Predator Two, which I heard was awful, and then came Predators uh, in 2010 or How 2011. Was Forgettable. It's I didn't hate it. I feel about Predators the way you feel about Predator Two. It has some good stuff, but I wouldn't recommend it to anyone. Okay. Unless they really love Predator and they're like, okay, I love Predator and I love Predator Two. Which one's the third best? Okay, I would say go with Predators, but it wasn't really that special. And then came The Predator, which was one of the most disappointing movies I've seen in recent years. That was in 2018, and that and Alien Covenant are both two movies I wish. Was that oh, is God. that a reboot? The Predator? Nope. Nope, it's, a, it's, it's a just bad. Of predators? It's it's yes, and it's just really really bad. I it's it's awful. Is, it, it was like what? Is Alien versus Predator? I know in the Alien franchise it's not considered canon. 
I believe they did the same thing with Predator. I think. I'm not sure. I guess um, Predator might be a little easier because Predators, it could just has be less, another... Yeah. It could just be another Predator. There's less of a storyline there, you know? Correct. Yeah, correct. Yeah, Aliens is more... Has yeah, more, a of a, more... It's more story-driven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's more mythology to yeah. that. Um, but but I, I, I do give this movie credit because all these characters, you know, I think if we're comparing this to Indiana Jones 4, these characters are better. In Predator 2. These may not be characters you love, like maybe in Predator 1, but you certainly don't hate them. And they're not badly acted. No. And you can root for them, okay? Or you can root for the Predator to dismantle them until it comes down to the showdown between the Predator and Danny Glover's Harrigan. And I think Glover did a great job. I was, you know, I enjoyed yeah. him very much I, I just in wish this movie. the other characters were... were... I cared about them more. And that's a good point. Yeah, and you're making valid points. I won't disagree with you. This isn't a perfect movie. And like I said, I give this movie so much credit because not enough sequels nowadays, at least, I'm thinking of all the terrible Predator sequels that have come since, okay, expanded the world and the mythology of the first film. And the hunter from outer space antagonist, they expanded just the right amount with copious amounts of gore and humor to make the movie stand on its own and complement the first film. Not insult the first film the way Indiana Jones 4 did, but also at the same time it doesn't overshadow the first film like Terminator 2, for example. Um... Yeah, I agree, and I wish they would have, and I I mean, honestly, they could have, and I wouldn't know, because I never saw any of the sequels, but I wish they would have built upon the idea of, and I guess, the, like you said, the graphic novels and the comic books did this, but the idea that the Predators, you know, the, this isn't the second Predator ever. There's been hundreds of these, and they've gone throughout history, so... yeah. Um, I, I would have loved to have seen Predator taking on colonists in the American Revolution or something like that, like where he got that gun or, you know. Right, exactly. The story like of the yeah. gun or, or you know, even the, do you learn more about the, the rules or the mythology or why they do this in the sequels? Yeah, in the, in the, in the sequels? Nah, not really. I mean, they introduce different types of predators. There's like dog predators. The predators have pets. They're not very good. There's a reason oh, why I'm, I chose Predator 2. Uh, not just because the ending is, a, you know, Indiana Jones 4 ripped off the ending. I legit like this movie. I enjoyed watching this movie. Mm-hmm. I, I'd watch it again, maybe not, t- you know, tomorrow, but I'd watch it again in a year. Okay. And it's not as good as the first one, but it's a very good movie, I think. And uh, Do you yeah, own this movie? I, I do not know. I own the first one. Yeah. Okay. So, but um, uh, this is a very good movie. Yeah. All right. So, yeah, I, I think they're, they're they they kind of set up. I mean, the first one not so much, but seeing with the first Aliens, it, not too much was set up, um, mm-hmm. except for that whole the 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 gunner guy or whatever that thing was when they find the eggs. That was like a little element that they could have built upon, but never did and never explained. Well, either, right? they did in Prometheus, which I know they... you'll never see that for so many reasons. <laughs> <laughs> hey, yo, Prometheus. Yeah, that's number one reason. Um, okay, so, uh, but this movie, like, they, 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 so they, they introduced elements that, ooh, like, this could have been built upon and, and, you know, fleshed and out. All a I can bit. say is they're built upon in the graphic novels. Okay. okay. Like there, there, there's because the graphic novels, the predator can go anywhere and do anything. Like yeah, he goes throughout history. Movie. He goes yeah. to different parts of the world. He goes to. I mean, so if you are interested in that, the graphic novels do a good job with that. 
the movies after Predator 2 do not. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, stay away from them, in my opinion. So. Alright. Well, that's that's all I have for this movie, unless you have anything else you want to add. I, I said everything else I wanted to say about this, but I'll just say once again... I like the movie more than you. So far, every single movie, except for maybe The Burbs, which we both liked, uh, I like every one of these movies that we've done slightly more than you. Even Indiana Jones' Last Four. You said you'd give that one star. I My final you know, reappraisal of that, it's a two-star movie. Um, but now you'd give even less now because you know they ripped off a, a mediocre 90s yeah, sci-fi Yeah, now I think movie. it goes to a half a star if I gave it one before. So how many stars wow. would you give this movie? Two? Three. Three. Predator 2? I would give three stars. Yeah, uh, three. I, that's, a, that's a thumbs up. It's not three and a half. I could it's see not, I mean, giving, it's not Terminator I could see 2. two and a half. Three, I think, oh, is no, very generous. I, well, that's a thumbs up. That's a, you know, that's a, it's two and a half is kind of like, two and a half is like a 70, like a C, C plus. So the friend. This is more than a C plus to me. The friend you got into an argument with over this movie, uh, and he said he likes this better than the first one. Uh, did he ever explain why? Because you, even you don't like this better than the first one. No, and I did, I, this is a, a you know, a dear friend of mine. I, I did speak to him prior to this podcast, and I said, uh, he's someone that I know who does uh, listen to us. He's listened to maybe not every episode we've had, but he's listened to a few of them. Okay. Uh, and he does, he does enjoy uh, our, our banter. Um, but I told him I was going to reference it, and he did say, yeah, you know, it's good. I like it. It's a lot of fun. But he's like, Predator 1 is definitely the best better movie so oh, okay. it was his taste it may have changed and become more refined since high school he saw the I'm error in sure. his ways he saw the error in his ways yeah so he and i both i think we have we maybe like predator 2 the same now where we're or maybe he was just saying that just to, i don't know because it certainly made me laugh yeah. um but uh yeah so no he he definitely he will acknowledge that predator uh the first predator is the better movie but he does still have a soft spot for Predator 2, as do I. Probably for the same reasons that I do. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I think that does it for this one, then. Um, so we'll be back uh, probably next week with a new episode. I haven't I haven't officially chosen my title, although I am zeroing in on one. Okay. Uh, which well, which I'm probably couldn't couldn't the one I'm thinking about and I'm not going to say it in case I change my mind but the one I'm All thinking right. about couldn't be farther away from the Predator franchise if the, if it tried so oh boy so okay my little pony I don't know what uh, we're, we're, we're definitely <laughs> doing a complete 180 here so. okay alright see I did pick this movie to tie in with the movie that we did previously uh, intentionally yeah well that's the once that's, again to raise awareness that, that they ripped off the ending if, well, I'm if surprised for nothing else you, well, I guess because you knew you were going to pick this movie, but I'm surprised you kept your mouth shut about that last week. I did. Did I say what we were going to do? I thought we said. We no, were no. I'm do. surprised you kept your mouth shut about the the end. Oh, being with ripping off. apart because I want because this get, that made this pod this podcast would have been a lot less interesting. You would just have just been like, yeah, Jay, you were right. You would have just agreed with me. Well, and I would have been so. looking for it the whole time. And you would have been looking for it, so I didn't want to ruin that element of the movie that you hadn't seen before. Yes. So, well, yeah. So, uh, kudos on your ability to keep a secret. Thank you. Yes, I may be a critic, but I can I can keep good good secrets. I mm-hmm. guess for for movies that I like. Yeah. Um, so, all right. So I guess we'll wrap it up now. This was a good one. Um, we'll just finish up. Uh, yeah, you could uh, check out all my uh, podcasts uh, and all my reviews at panandslam.com or follow me 
uh, on Twitter at Jason K Critic. Um, Rich. Uh, yes, and you can find us on Twitter and Instagram um, with the handle at Real Big Mistakes. Um, so please follow us. Uh, we post our when we have new episodes there. Um, and you know, like us, subscribe, everything, anything you have to do to um, you know tell your friends about us, mm-hmm. and hopefully we'll uh, get more listeners. And remember the Twitter; it's real big mistakes. R E E L. Right. The what Twitter yeah, and the Instagram. Twitter and Instagram handle. Yep. It's uh, all real big mistakes. R E E L big mistakes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so yeah, so that's it for this one. Um, I'm Jason Konigsberg. Live long, prosper, and watch movies. And I am Rich Tola. Thanks for hanging with us.